Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Yes, living the dream once again here on a fully loaded sports Sunday. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hats and protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be, Richie. Here we are on a day that uh, I don't many think many of us expected to be previewing a game seven right. of the Eastern Conference Finals, but we're gonna we're gonna break it all down as the Celtics and the Heat get ready for their big game coming up tomorrow. But uh, first of all, Richie, how are you? I missed you last week. Yeah, I was down in Puerto Rico for a wedding. One of my Penn State teammates got hitched, and they did it on the uh, the in on the Caribbean seas. So that's what I was doing. I was. Uh, I was uh, walking around Old San Juan, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't know there was so much rich history in Puerto Rico. It's unbelievable. It was the first place, the oldest structures in the United States are in per- Puerto Rico because that's where the first Spanish colonialists came over and set up encampments for the sugar cane and the military presence and all that stuff. I learned so much. See, the difference between you and me right now mm-hmm. is so you're going to weddings and yeah. I'm going to a memorial services. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, I have a friend of mine that passed, you know, one of those rare forms yeah. of cancer and everything else, but uh, a celebration of life yeah, and man. everything else. So, yeah, we got to, we got a lot to cover today. No question about that. Um, by the way, I've, I've got to mention someone. John Paul Morosi is going to be joining us as he normally does in our first hour. Our MLB insider at Fox Sports Radio, also NHL insider. And uh, today, uh, Trace Thompson of the Dodgers. Yeah. Who, Richie, as you know, we interviewed Trace when he was briefly with the Padres a year ago. Uh, and I've known since he was just a young kid. Uh, he had been in an 0 for 39 slump. This is the longest slump for a non-pitcher in Dodgers uh, history in 114 years. Wow. 114 this years. This goes back to Brooklyn. This, this goes like when they were the trolley Dodgers. I mean, they weren't even the Dodgers. Like, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. they were. The bride's grooms. They I were think wearing they were. Uh, knickerbockers, <laughs> and they were right. uh, and they were, uh, they were saying things like, hey, check out this fine dame. She's a real peach. <laughs> so 
today, somehow, a Dave Roberts continued to put him in the lineup, even though his batting average was at 108. 108. Some, sometimes your best decision's a bad decision. But guess what? <laughs> he got a base hit. Yeah! yeah! Come on, Trace! So he ended his 0 for 39 slump, and uh, unfortunately, Dodgers. By the way, I, I, I get in the car, it's like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, and they're already playing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is an early game on the uh, road against the Rays. Uh, by the way, that game's in the fourth inning, and it's 10 to 7. So apparently, no one gave the pitchers a wake-up call in that game. So it's batting <laughs> practice down in Tampa. All right, well, Richie, we got a lot of ground to cover, but we got to get to last night. So I don't know if you were watching the game live. I was watching the game live. I was sort of, I sort of had in the background because the Celtics were leading this game throughout, and it really did appear that they were all on their way to Game 7. Jimmy Butler could not make anything. I mean, he, you know, Jimmy does a lot of things for that uh, Heat team, obviously. You know, he had the assists, the rebounds. But he at one point, he was two for 16 shooting. Yep. It got so bad that in the fourth quarter, you could see he just, he had no confidence. Like, he's not going to shoot. Fortunately for him, some of his teammates started making some shots down the stretch. And then Jimmy Butler stepped up, hit a three. And the next thing you know, he makes three free throws with three seconds left to give him the lead. And the Heat do everything right. I'm, I'm Now I'm like fully engaged in this game. I'm watching the inbound. They prevent Jason Tatum from having any chance to get the ball. They throw the ball into Marcus Smart, who, by the way, had, had a good offensive game. He gets a, a turnaround shot that was in and out. And then out of nowhere, Derek White comes in and tips it in and the light goes off. And my in live time, I'm like, that's late. That was way after. It definitely. The by the way, it it didn't look it didn't look good at first either. But mm-hmm. somehow it co- goes in. What a heads up play by Derek. Well, White. here's what's amazing about this play because again in real time it looked like he tipped in way after the light went on. Right. Yeah. Then they show the replay, and this is what blows me away about a split second decision that's literally life or death in terms of their existence in the playoffs, yeah, right? facing elimination, second on the clock. So Derek White was actually the, the one that threw the inbound pass, and he goes to the basket, and as Eric Spolster, the Heat coach, said, you understand that the only way they can win that game is if the ball bounces exactly where it was. But your instinct as Derek White is coming up to get the rebound would be to grab the ball, hold it, and then you know lay it in. He didn't have time for that. He sort of did like a uh, – a two-hand set like in volleyball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he started like this. Yeah. His fingertips touched it exactly long enough so that he could get enough on it to get it to the backboard and in. And at the same time, avoid the shot clock violation, which, or I should say the clock, which, I mean, it was mind-blowing. I mean, but this is... How would you have the mindset? Because, again, if you see the ball, your instinct would be to grab it and then try to you know put it in. He just sort of did the... The two-hand volleyball set to knock it in. Unbelievable. This is is situational basketball. These are obviously professional players. They should be only thinking about, like, all right, what are the situations I need to practice in case, you know, so everybody does the, the standard one where you're dribbling in your driveway and you're counting down the clock out loud. I did that when I was getting everything. Sure. Five, four, three, two, and Ornberger hits the <laughs> shot. Game seven over finals. It's like everybody's practiced that one. But situational basketball in this situation, 
an inbound, an opportunity for a tip back, put back to win a, 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 an elimination game. Like this is why you practice those things. I remember when I was playing for the Patriots, we would practice some of the most rudimentary and boring special teams moments. Or we would practice some of the things that almost never come up. But we would take, like Belichick, he would rep these things with the same urgency, with the same like like dire need to have this accomplished and have it be perfect. And if it isn't, or if people are talking, or if people are distracted, he would refocus the group by blowing the whistle, yelling at people, whatever he took to make sure people are locked in for those situational plays that are either routine or completely aberrant from the normal path of gameplay. That's what this is. It's situational basketball at its best. And Derek White had the tools. He had the he had the, uh, his mind on the clock. He understood the situation. And that's the reason why they survived to Game 7. Unbelievable. I loved Eric Spolstra postgame. Because what's he going to say? We did what we set out to do. We wanted to prevent Jason Tatum from getting the shot. Yep. And they did that effectively. And Tatum's and again, been so hot. If, if He's been that so ball good. bounces anywhere, anywhere else on anywhere, the rim, anywhere, an inch right, left, wherever, anywhere other than where it landed, Boston's been eliminated in the heater onto the NBA Finals. Now, I was listening to the guys afterwards, speaking of Ernie and the Jed and Charles and Shaq. And I, I thought that Charles, who apparently bet on Boston uh, or bet against Boston, by the way, the line on that game was two and a half. The Celtics are favored in that game. Yeah. And because they only won by one, they didn't cover. But anyway, um, Charles said what I was thinking immediately. So all the pressure was on Miami in this game. Yeah. Like it was on them to wrap up this series at home. This is the 151st team, this being the Celtics, that has gotten down 3-0. It's only the fourth time that's been a Game 7, but this is the first time that anyone's had that Game 7 on their home court. The other three teams that came down from 3-0 had Game 7 on the road, and they all lost. Which, by the way, makes sense because while we're watching this series... You kind of lose track of who's who's the higher seed. Right. And you kind of lose track of the fact that the Heat, they kind of snuck into this whole situation well, in the this. first place. Think about this, Rich. Yeah. If if the Celtics do prevail in and game seven. And by the way, seven, the Celtics, you know, just sorry to interrupt you, but the Celtics on the other side of that coin were one of the best, if not the best, regular season team this year. I said before the playoffs, they were the best team. When yeah. you think about two all-NBA players, uh, Derek White was all defense, uh, Marcus Mark was the reigning defensive player of the year. Brogdon was six man of the year. Um, but if Boston does prevail, you have a finals between the one seed in the West and the two seed in the East, who most people thought was a better team than the one seed Milwaukee anyway. So with all the noise and craziness of the playoffs, essentially you would end up with the two best teams out of their respective conferences. What a winding road it took us to get here, though. And I'll give credit where credit's due. For years now, I've said, I don't really like the play-in. I don't really, I don't like the idea that 10 teams in each conference, two, more than two thirds of your league has access to the the playoffs. It just doesn't make sense to me. It almost hurts my ears to think of that. But look at what's happened. Like we've, we've gotten this opportunity to see this uh, Eastern Conference final as a result of the playing. If it weren't for that, we wouldn't be here right now. So it, it, they're, 
there is an argument now that needs to be made. You know, it has my attention. I, I'm I'm liking it, obviously, a lot more as a result of these outcomes. All right, so what should we expect in the Game 7? We'll carry that a little bit later on the show. Coming up, we're going to get into some MLB and the NHL playoffs. That's right. John Palmarosi, JP, will join us coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes and me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harbin, Rich Armberger. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are live from the TireRack.com studios. By the way, John Ramos on the board, a legend, legend. Yeah. Uh, as uh, Iowa Sam uh, apparently is spending, where, a month in London? What's the deal here? I mean, he's, Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's taking the trip across the old sea to um, our good friends in Great Britain. Yeah. Spend some time there. He'll be back on Monday, though, so Is don't he worry. really? Or yeah. maybe a permanent residence there? Or <laughs> can he engineer from foggy London town? Is that possible? I mean, I wow. sent him a text. I just said, how's it going over there, old chap? <laughs> so. Wow. Pip, yeah. pip, cheerio and all that. All right. Tea time. My only time in London was exactly 50 years ago, 1973. I was 15 years old. My only time in London was when the Patriots played the Buccaneers. We did were you out- have time to actually see any of the city? We got on a double-decker. Yeah, nice. uh, I did the bus tour mm-hmm. and uh, took pictures of Big Ben, mm. selfies. Buckingham uh, Palace. I went over there and yelled at the guards. I did all the I Did you go on the tube? 
I didn't. I never got on the tube. No. No, but I will say this because they don't play uh, American football in London. We practiced on a crick, uh, on a cricket pitch. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so we were in that big circular stadium. It was bizarre, but, you know. Uh, well, any, you may not know this. Uh, the guest that we have on right now, we, we know him for baseball. We know him for uh, uh, hockey. Uh, but apparently cricket is also not in his curriculum. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider, John Paul Morosi, is joining us right now. And, uh, uh, JP, I would imagine, with all your love of baseball, that cricket somehow has crossed paths with you at some point. Good afternoon, good morning uh, to those of you on the West Coast. Uh, I have actually never witnessed a cricket game before, cricket match before. Uh, There was, of course, the MLB series in Australia, which took place at the famed Sydney Cricket Ground. So we have seen baseball played at a cricket ground. I am a noted supporter of soccer, though, as well, or as they would call it in England, football. I was actually at Stamford Bridge for a Chelsea match just last month. Loved it. Great experience. Uh, I am in in Germany a supporter of Borussia Dortmund, so yesterday's conclusion in the Bundesliga was rather heartbreaking for me because I've got some family in the Westfalen area there in the western part of Germany. So uh, to my fellow uh, Schwarzengelben supporters, it was a tough day, <laughs> but uh, we will uh, we will be back next season. Alright, so uh, JP, uh, Rich and I obviously are open today talking about that incredible finish to the Heat-Celtics game, forcing a Game 7 as the Celtics try to become the first team in NBA history to overcome a 3-0 deficit and win a series. It's happened four times in the NHL. I was eyewitness to one of these uh, back in 2014 with the LA Kings. In fact, I was covering Game 4 of their opening round series against the Sharks. Long story short, we had a breakdown on another live appearance. I was asked to stretch a little bit with my report. The Kings had won the game, and pretty much the story was, well, at least they didn't get eliminated on their home ice. They'll go back to San Jose. And they kept saying, stretch, stretch. And I said, I'll tell you what, if somehow, some way, they can go back and win Game 5 in San Jose, not only will they win this series, they'll win the Stanley Cup. Wow. So I said this out of jest at best. But as they continued their run all the way to the Salem, <laughs> they kept replaying. Our Steve Hartman was the only one that predicted this. I'm like, nice. I didn't I didn't really predict this, but I'll take it. But we got a possibility of this with obviously the stars going on the road and winning in Vegas. So what are the stars' chances of forcing a game seven down three oh in this uh, Western Conference final? Well, I like their chances because as as much as to your point, you look at the full sweep of the series from the, from game one onward and say it'd be a rally from 3-0 down, but, but now it's just a rally from 3-2 down. And I look at the way the Stars are playing. It's been a competitive series from the very beginning. It wasn't as though they were getting blown out early on in the series. And, and, and now you're seeing the mix of familiar names like Joe Pavelski uh, being a hero for them certainly in game four, and then Ty Delandria uh, first two-goal game of his NHL career comes in game five of the Western conference final so i love it it's it's great for the sport that we're still talking about this series uh obviously there was a chance there would have been two sweeps in the conference final which is never fun and just as a fan a neutral observer i think it's great this series goes to a sixth game and, and because the, the series deserves it it's a very very competitive series uh two teams that i think are very evenly matched vegas might have a little bit more sheer talent and yet Hayes Kinnan is an elite defender for Dallas. 
Uh, Hintz is a really outstanding forward as well. Pavelski is a heart and soul guy. I think he's a Hall of Famer for me. Um, and, and now you're seeing, I think, this next group come in with the Stars, and they also get Jamie Benn back for Game 6 after the two-game suspension. So uh, a lot to like with the way the Stars are playing. They're now on home ice. Uh, I think there's a very good chance we see a seventh game in this series. Hey, JP, turning our attention to the Major League Baseball season, here we are now uh, many games in. Um, most teams play just about 50 games or so, maybe more than that, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, when when you're thinking about the young players, you know, everybody's familiar with, you know, an Aaron Judge at this point or a Manny Machado, guys who have been around the game for a while, nearing or over 30 years of age. But rookies or second-year players who are starting to pop what are some of the names of the young guys starting to make their names known in this league now that we have a little bit larger of a sample size here in 2023? Sure. It's a great, it's a great question. Well, one, one name I'm going to go with that maybe is not getting the, the attention he deserves, Geraldo Perdomo of the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that I think is playing better and better. You look at his numbers. He has an OPS up above 900. He is a switch-hitting shortstop, which is a very, very rare player profile to begin with, and is one of the big energy drivers of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So to all the fans out there who are looking for that under-the-radar guy to pick for their fantasy team or someone who, who maybe they want to become a fan of, Geraldo Perdomo is, I think, one of the bright young stars of the game. And, Rich, he also has one of the very best nicknames in professional baseball. I, I must ask you this question now. Do you, do you watch Ted Lasso? No, I haven't watched it yet. So you're the one guy. You're I'm the it. one guy in the whole, uh, in all of North America <laughs> who's not yet watched the show. At any rate, at any rate, you're that guy. Um, so Geraldo Perdomo has one of the great nicknames in, in baseball, which is Sam. Sam, because he has the same positivity, geniality. He's the, he's the heart and soul of the team in the way that Sam Obisanya is the heart and soul of AFC Richmond and Ted Lasso. So if you have not yet watched the Diamondbacks this year, watch Geraldo Perdomo. And if you have not yet watched Ted Lasso, <laughs> it's okay. We can still be friends. I, I'm willing to grant you this grace as a great friend. Um, and, uh, and I would suggest you watch that. It is, of course, the second best reason um, to subscribe to Apple TV after, of course, Friday Night Baseball, which is there every weekend. So how about that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's a feel-good story in baseball today. Uh, this was near and dear to me personally, JP. Uh, I've known Trace Thompson since he was 13 years old. Wow. Uh, his father uh, and I were working uh, together, obviously, in radio for many years. But the very first year we worked together, we're in Detroit for the NBA Finals. And he flew out his two youngest sons, Trace, who was 13, Clay, who was 14. The idea we're going to take the boys to a Tigers game. Michael bailed on his own sons. He asked me to take him to the game. Um, and so I've known Trace forever. He had a brief run with the Padres a year ago, then got picked up by the Dodgers, had a nice run, and then started this season with literally the greatest opening game for any player in the major league history three home runs and eight rbis since then it's been a nightmare he was on an 0 for 39 streak longest for a non-pitcher in dodgers history in 114 years closing in on that infamous 0 for 54 run of chris davis of the orioles and today in tampa he's three for three with a home run 
What does that say well, for a guy? Well, I mean, what, what does it say about Dave Roberts as a manager? Because he says he likes his work ethic. He likes a lot of things. But bottom line is you got to do something. Not only was he over 39, he was striking out more than half the time. Right. But what what does that say about, I, I don't know, maybe just the nature of the game that allows someone like that, you know, who's well into his 30s, you know, maybe it's just it's over for him. And getting that opportunity, and finally today, uh, breaking out of it. I think a special day for the Thompson family. Obviously, it's the early morning game. And by the way, Steve, just for, for those that aren't aren't aware of the full scoreline at the moment, it's ten ten midway through uh, midway through. I guess to, to use Rich's terminology, midway through the third quarter right now. Ten uh, ten score. Well, by um, the way, Josh Fleming <laughs> is still pitching for the. He started this game. Oh he has gosh. given up twelve hits, ten runs, and he's still in the game. Yeah, that, that, there's a whole lot. We could probably do the entire show about this game alone, a 10-10 game between. By the way, two teams that we could expect to meet in the World Series this year, depending on how things play out. Of course, they just played in the World Series three years ago. But to your point, Dave Roberts, to me, is is one of the great managers in baseball and one of the great people in baseball. I'll tell you a quick story. We were in, we were in St. Louis two weeks ago. And we had a game in St. Louis, Dodgers-Cardinals. We had a a pre-scheduled interview with Dave Roberts for me after the third inning. And and that was right after Julio Urias had given up four home runs in that inning. Mm. And and so we've got this previously scheduled interview and I said to myself, you know, it, it's you don't want to put a manager in a tough spot. This pitcher's just given up four homers, what do we do? And and I got to my place and Dave took a moment to speak to the coaching staff and he came right up the steps, was standing right next to me. I said, Do you still want to go? He said, Oh yeah, I'm all set. And then he, he gave me a great answer about what he thought was going on with Urias. Rias, that is class personified. It's about how you act when adversity hits and when you know, if he, had, if he had gracefully bowed out, no one would have known about it. It wouldn't have been a big deal. I would have totally understood, but he still did the interview. And, and that's, in those moments, character is revealed. And you want to know why Trace Thompson and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner in the past who've been on the Dodgers, all these superstars love playing for Dave Roberts. Why Clayton Kershaw respects him the way he does? That's just one glimpse into the measure of the man. JP, always awesome chatting with you, especially on a Sunday. So here's the marching orders. I'll start watching Ted Lasso. You start brushing up on your cricket. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. I, I could uh, I could definitely work on that. Uh, cricket, you know, do we have the World Cup going on right now? Cricket. <laughs> I mean, they don't have a tab for that on ESPN.com. First of all, understand, Rich is in San Diego. The MLS is coming to San Diego. He's going to be living and breathing the soccer world. San Diego right. FC, I'm buying my scarf. Nice, you should. Soccer is an amazing sport, Rich. It'll it'll pull you in. I've I've been loving lately just watching a lot of soccer games in the morning and the weekend. It it is the perfect. I'll say this. It is the perfect family sport to follow because it's over in the morning and then you got your whole day. It's great. Yeah, as long as I don't have to play it. I'm I'm a big uh, any sport I can play now. Holding a beer or nachos, like (laughs) cornhole or bowling or darts. Those are the sports I'll play now. But I'll watch any sport soccer I yeah. can watch. Yeah. Well, one last quick thing. I was at a bookstore yesterday. I love going to bookstores. My family, my, my daughters love to read, so that's a big family thing for us. We go to the bookstore. There were there were six books in a single display about pickleball. 
There was a, a pickleball section in the bookstore. You want to know the, the, why it's the fastest growing sport in America? There was a pickleball section of books at the bookstore. Now that that is uh, evidence of significant growth, my friend. Yeah, we were mentioning yesterday, if you work up a sweat playing pickleball, you're out of shape, okay? You're not really moving. Those, those tiny courts <laughs> swatting the ball around. Anyway, we'll get into that another day. JP, you're the best. Thanks so much for joining us today. You got it. I'll, I'll be having the power rankings on the, the U.S. pickleball team uh, next time we talk. All right? <laughs> that sounds great. There he is, the great John Paul Morosi, joining us, our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider. All right, let's find out what is trending right now. Monsi Bolaños is here and a lot of controversy in this building. So I'm looking here, Monsi, at my Twitter account, Are my you? followers, uh-huh. or who I'm uh-huh. following. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've been following Isaac Lohenquan for years. Right, right. And I just wanted to check. He still is not following me. Oh, good. He's the only person in this building that I follow that does not follow me. Now, I understand you and Rich have an update on your situation with Isaac. Well, no, he still doesn't follow me. So apparently Isaac and I are fighting. Apparently. Okay, so you, but you, Rich, apparently. are now being no, followed? No, they're BFFs now. Okay, so me and Isaac officially, as of yesterday, buried the hatchet. Apparently. Um, it almost came to blows weeks ago, and uh, frankly, he looks like he's been training, so I didn't want that outcome. Mm, yeah. Um, Ilo, uh, he expressed to me that he blocked me on Twitter in a moment of weakness, that he felt <laughs> ashamed of himself for it. <laughs> And he has since rectified the issue. I am unblocked. I am now being followed. I have now refollowed Isaac. All's well in the world. Not followed. No. Yeah. So, yeah, so all is not well in the world. Right. Well, Rich. I mean, well, actually, things are going great for me. For you. And that is all I care about, <laughs> you guys. I mean, good luck. Thanks for playing. <laughs> See, my, my latest follower is Monsi, and right. I follow you. Wait Thank a second. Oh, that took you a while, Wait a though. second. Does Monsi follow me? Of course oh, I wait, do. Yeah, I it. wouldn't just comment on your things and not follow you. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, okay. All right, we follow each other. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I wouldn't just, I'm just comment. Sure. I'm just making sure. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> oh, yes, guys. This baseball game got intense. Chris Taylor has homered twice in this game to tie the game for the Dodgers, who are playing against the best team in baseball, the Rays. They're about to start the top of the seventh inning, tied at 10 apiece in Tampa Bay. I'm surprised. I feel like as a Dodger fan, Bo, don't you think this must be hard for the Dodgers to play this early? I feel like they're not used to this. They're, I'm not used to this. I can't believe I it's never, the seventh inning and the Dodgers are playing. Seriously, it's I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I left my house I didn't even at coffee about, before, the four, before the fourth inning. What? I left about 8.30 this morning and I turned on the Dodger station, right. which is where our show is normally carried. I And there, uh, there was a home run by Max Muncy, and yes. I thought it was a highlight from a previous game right. because there's no way the game is on this right early. <laughs> and I realized... This is live. It was already the second inning, right? By well, the way, the way they're going, this game's going to go forever. Yeah, um, this is this is very cruel to people in Los Angeles. <laughs> if you took the over on the run total, um, I'm guessing you hit already. Right, yes. right, right, right. Twenty runs scored so far. Yes, the Indy 500 is also happening right now, and the lead keeps switching back and forth, back and forth. Right now, it's Colton Herta. I'm going to guess is how he says it, but Will Power was just in the lead after 69 laps of 200. So the Indy 500 underway. Obviously, the big game, which you guys were talking about last night, Game 6, Heat, Celtics. I'm so annoyed by it, but 
This is what Jimmy Butler had to say because Jimmy Butler was 5 of 21. He was not great. Like I told the guys on the bench, I told the guys in the locker room that um, if I play better, we're not even in this position, honestly speaking. Um, and I will be better. And that's what makes me smile because um, those guys follow my lead. So when I'm playing better, I think we're playing better as a whole. And I think he can do it, guys. Yimmy is Yimmy. <laughs> okay. He is him. Back all to you. All right. All right. Gosh, when she does that, it's very personal. Um, I am getting a lot of people. By the way, we're uh, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Thank you, Monsu. We'll check in with you a little bit later on. Uh, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So a lot of our listeners are well aware that I am a life time Lakers fan uh, and they're saying wow I mean Hartman's hurting right now dejected that the Celtics the hated Celtics are still alive in the playoffs by the way if the Celtics were to win tomorrow game seven I blame one person and one person alone. Who's that? Irvin Magic Johnson. What did he do? Well, after game three, he put out that tweet that says, I've been associated with this league for 44 years, and I never thought that I would see a franchise like the Celtics, winners of 17 NBA championships, quit on a court. Oh, boy. And Irvin, so when Magic, Irvin, Irvin. So he calls out <laughs> the Celtics and put out the all-time four-letter word in sports, quit. Mm. And obviously they've rattled off three straight wins since he said they quit. And my guess is this, because, you know, in baseball it's only happened once where a team's down 3-0 and comes back to win a series. That was the Red Sox back in 2004 down 3-0 to the Yankees. They come back, win four in a row, and then sweep the World Series. So after, and by the way, their first World Series win in 86 years. And that would be my fear as someone that is not a big fan of the Celtics is if they win tomorrow, they're going to steamroll through the Nuggets and claim what would be, because they're tied right now with the Lakers, 17 championships apiece to win number 18. Thank you, Irvin Magic Johnson, for poking the bear. I I also have an update on a, a bitter rivalry related to the NBA postseason here at Fox Sports Radio. Mm. Um, so I said something that may have triggered something uh, weeks ago. I, I Many have forgotten about this series, but I remember being so high on the Suns, the Phoenix Suns entering this postseason, that I actually had the gall the audacity, the sheer and bitter ignorance to say, well, I'll bet I'll bet Monty anything she wants to bet that the Clippers get swept. That that was the bet. Yeah. And how's that been how's that payoff been, Monty? Is is this guy continued to No, I think he just thinks that I am gonna forget. Because I have not I've not received an eggplant. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I promised that I would I would bring her an eggplant. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was I mean, a long time ago. So when long the Clippers ago, were still playing. Okay, yeah. right, yeah. So long ago that Monty Williams has been fired <laughs> right. as the coach of the And Phoenix turned down Suns. a job right. already. Okay, yes, I know. There's been a lot that's happened a since long. then. Yes. I get it. Um, um I will I will deliver the eggplant today. What you, today? Today. Today. So check this out. Okay. So I know I'm eggplantless at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I know I promised you. Although like, you came in eating sushi this oh, morning. Oh, I saw Did that at 10 a.m. Wait, who Who's, doesn't? At 10 a.m.? 
sushi any time of the day? Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely no, 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 not. Ever though, look at you know former NFL offensive lineman is sushi guys at ten, at 10 a.m. a.m. No, yeah. I'm telling you, I, yeah, raw fish. America runs. Uh, America runs on Duncan. sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Stupid. No, I, I. Uh, what was that? Yeah, it, uh, well, I mean, I love a, sushi as well, but a little by the salmon, way, a little tuna. Uh, there was even a salad roll because <laughs> I like to uh, think about my my body. I'm very health conscious. First as of you all, guys can I tell. also saw this. What looks like <laughs> milk. And it's iced coffee. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's just in a carton. That's, <laughs> that's precious. Because I like to be sustainable. And then uh, sushi and iced coffee. Well, Does I that ate sound the like sushi with. I ate the As, sushi with orange. That's juice. not any better. Don't say that again. Right. Yeah. Do, do you go to McDonald's and get like an egg McMuffin and also a sushi roll? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, this is if McDonald's started making sushi, some and they didn't offer no, it on their breakfast menu, there. I'd be don't very go. upset. Some McSushi. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah you go. got that instead of the. Uh, uh, yeah, I am the, the demographic. I'm telling you right now. I know th- <laughs> you is him. I, it, uh, yeah, it's me and Jimmy. Instead <laughs> I'm of him. Like I'm him. So instead of the sausage McMuffin, you have the sushi McMuffin. McMuffin. Well, wow. I, listen, I okay. He's not discriminating. Back to the eggplant. <laughs> yeah. I will deliver Monty the eggplant, and this is the way I've done it because I've been promising forever, ever, yeah. to uh, make an eggplant parmesan using a flamethrower. I neither have an eggplant or a flamethrower <laughs> with me. So check out this order. And this everybody's going to benefit from this. Well, right. here, not the listeners, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we've got ourselves an eggplant parmesan hero from Monsi Bologna. Woo! Nice. Okay, so nice. I'm delivering the eggplant. Also, cheese pizza large and my favorite... Jalapenos and pepperoni pizza. I All right. love everything. By the way, saying. I have yet to eat anything this morning. Me so th- this is you know I would have brought extra sushi. Some, sometimes he orders stuff and I've already eaten. I will actually that that pizza sounds delicious. Well, I wish I bought more uh, sushi for everyone. No, nobody's but the pizza asking that. You're well, missing the point here. Okay, look, <laughs> relax. The yes. eggplant's coming. Yes. No, we're talking about sushi at 9, 10 a.m. Nobody wants that. All right, so you're going to have sushi and pizza with jalapenos. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to be later. All right. It's uh, do, I, I, The delivery's Bo separate. just excused himself. The, uh, just He had to take a little well, breath. I When I got here, I saw there was sushi on the, the countertop, and I was like, well, that's that's weird, because surely nobody's having sushi for breakfast. <laughs> You were wrong, though. <laughs> right. Guess you, what? You don't you know Rich wrong. as well as you think you do. Yeah. That's obvious. You're going to learn a lot, Bo. <laughs> Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> it's going to get real weird real fast. All right. We're going to get ready for a game seven tomorrow in the Eastern Conference Finals. Where's the pressure in this game? It's a game seven, right? Well, very much on one side. We'll tell you about it. This is Fox Sports Sunday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi. Checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger, Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the Tyrac.com studios. So game seven will be tomorrow between the Celtics and the Heat. And, I mean, you talk about pressure on the Celtics now. Imagine you overcoming a 3-0 deficit and losing on your home court. Yikes. I mean, that, that that would almost be more devastating than having been swept out of the series, if you think about it. I don't know. It was, it was weird at the end of this game yesterday because the Celtics seemingly were in control. Like, you're watching these two teams, especially when Jimmy Butler's having an off-shooting night, and you're, you're trying to even figure out how is it that the Heat got up 3-0 in this series. It, it's clear the Celtics have just a better team. Celtics win yesterday with their worst three-point shooting performance of the year. 7-35, they were 20%, worse than any game they had all year. So all kinds of weird, quirky things in this series. So I, I'm going into this final game. Obviously, no one is betting on the Heat, but I wouldn't bet against the Heat in this game because – I don't know how well this Celtic team handles pressure. As talented as they are, with everyone expecting them to win on their home court, well, I got a, I got well, a weird feeling about this game tomorrow. I, I get it, and I understand it, but they just faced elimination three times straight. One of those games most recently, game five, played on their home court, and they won that. Look, the Celtics to me. And by the way, they're now five and zero in elimination games. Remember, they had to win the last two games against the Sixers. Yep, one on the road, one at home to win that series. And and again, it benefits them to be such a high seed here because you get to finish out the series. Should it have gotten which it has to a game seven at home, it's it's an unbelievable story if they can complete it. And I said this actually about the city of Boston on my local radio show this week when I was playing for the Patriots. And the Bruins are going and the Red Sox are going. And, you know, this, my, the years I played there was from 09 through 2011, that Super Bowl run we went on. It, it's crazy. That city, when they're supporting an underdog, is amazing. And for some reason, somehow, Bill Belichick convinced our team and the city that the Patriots were underdogs at all times. It just, I, it, it, we weren't. I mean, we were one of the best cultures in place. We had some of the best players in place. It didn't matter. There was this belief that th there was a chip on our shoulder. It was us against the world the whole time. The Boston Red Sox had that going in the early 2000s. The Boston Celtics back then with um, with Ke Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. And How are they an underdog? At no point has anyone ever thought of the Celtics as an underdog, but but they, there's a weird thing that happens well, in that city. They buy they buy. Well, no one else believes that. Th no, no. I'm telling you, it's only there. 
It's only there. The fan base buys it. The players buy it. And don't get me wrong, the Celtics getting down 3-0 in this series helps feed that storyline. But there's something about that city where it's like it's us against the world. And having that level of, I mean, I don't know if you watched Game 5 at the Garden. Oh, yeah. That was outrageous. The, the commentators couldn't even speak. It is going to be definitely loud for the Heat. On uh, in Boston coming up, I I I the Heat go in. This is an say, impossible environment for Miami. Okay, again, you could say, well, the Heat have everything to lose to go down in history as the first team to blow a three zero series lead. A lot this of team was an too. eight seed. They were an eight seed that lost a playing game. Nobody on the planet thought they could get to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals in Boston. I don't think they have any pressure on them at all. All the pressure is on the Celtics. If the Celtics lose this game on their home court after coming back from 3-0, that's devastating. No, I get it. Look, and this is a team, again, in the regular season who won they nearly crucified 70% of their games. They won 69. Was it 70? No, they won 69 games this regular season. Like, this is a great Celtics team. Yeah, they didn't win 69. Yeah, yeah. No, this 59. Season. 59. Yeah. 59? Yeah, 69 would have been all time. Oh, it, it, well, in, well. 73 is the record. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm including postseason. I don't know how many. Well, well it was 50, it, something. Like 50. Either way, this yeah. this is, this is no, a, a great Boston team. This is the team. best basketball team in the league. If There's you go no by, by their personnel, There's I don't no know. Doubt. What am I smelling right now? Oh, I know. what. Yeah, you're a Celtic hater, Hartman. Okay, I am. But I don't know. The Some Heat are under more pressure. Spolster was very glib after that devastating loss last Three night. Three and zero, and you give away the series. That that you could lose jobs over that. All right, People losing jobs. Leave. How about in the NFL? We got NFL news coming up on Fox Sports Sunday. Yes, rolling along on another big Sunday of sports, Fox Sports Sunday. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help get you there. And I'm at Selection. Fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, well, much more on tomorrow's Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics and Heat. Uh, Again, Game 7, right? I mean, this is the one thing I know, Richard, you're a big proponent of less is more when it comes to the playoffs. But if you do get a series like this one that has taken an unexpected turn from a 3-0 deficit looking like a quick elimination to a Game 7, especially after a very dramatic finish to Game 6, then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, best of seven works Well, if yeah, it plays yeah. out like this. Exceptions um, prove the rule. The, yeah. the rule is most series are a uh, mindless walk to an outcome we all foresaw. You know, it's unfortunate that that's what it is, but the more talented team normally wins, whether it be in baseball or in basketball. And so that's the reason why I haven't been a fan of series overall. However, I will say this, you know, when you do have this type of series where it's gone down one side or it's been even the whole way giving up leads in the series whatever it could be when you reach a game seven and you have two teams that seem to have developed a bitter hatred for each other down the stretch I mean a respect but truly like I I think either way you slice it both teams are tired of seeing each other I, I I can't wait. You're you're absolutely right. There's no better words in sport than game seven, but you can get there in a you know quick fast in a hurry if you just play one game yeah, because yeah, then yeah. It, then you're They're facing sudden sevens. death. Yeah. yeah, game one and done. Uh, which is why we do love that NCAA basketball tournament. All right, I want to get to some NFL news. The biggest story, obviously, this week was the Arizona Cardinals' decision to release. 
DeAndre Hopkins, but that was only half the story. The fact was is that they could have done it after June 1st and split up the salary cap hit over a couple of years. Mm. By releasing it before June 1st, they're taking a full $22 million hit this season. So the question is, why would the Arizona Cardinals do this for any reason other than tanking? Like, I mean, we don't like to use that four-letter word, tank. Right. We know it goes on, but because of the uncertainty of Kyler Murray's injury situation, it appears the Cardinals have made a calculated decision that they are going to throw away the 2023 season in hopes of riches down the road. Now, giving the Cardinals credit for anything, a franchise that has not won an NFL championship since Harry Truman was president, <laughs> 1947 to be exact, um, it seems beyond scope that they would make a wise move. But, I mean, this seems so blatant. I'm amazed that the league hasn't sort of jumped in and said, what's going on Yeah, here? what are you doing here exactly? Because – this isn't even one of those situations where you can kind of justify what they've done. And I'm so glad that your focus is on the Cardinals because, don't get me wrong, I understand the interest in what, is De- what, what does DeAndre Hopkins do next, what teams are interested, who's contacting him, and I'm sure those source reports will be coming out very shortly here as to who he's been in contact with. However, I think the story is all about the Cardinals. And this is the tweet I put out yesterday. I know the question is... Where's Hopkins going? But the question should be, which QB are the Cardinals drafting next year? Because to me, what this signifies is they've given up on Kyler Murray. They have completely, 100% have said to themselves internally, it's over. We've gotten the best we possibly could out of him. It was a mistake signing him to the contract. Kingsbury is gone. Kingsbury's gone. Steve Keim is now a broadcaster on Fox Sports Radio. Okay? So... That's where the Cardinals are at, is the next head to roll is Kyler Murray's. And look, I mean, the guy's recovering from uh, a major knee injury we saw at the end of last season, and I wish him the best in terms of his health, and he's already won. He's got the huge contract. But this player has lost control of the narrative. It used to be Kyler is one of the youngest, brightest stars in the NFL, and it has transferred into this guy doesn't love the game. This guy doesn't study enough. This guy can't hack it in clutch time. This guy will lose games for you down the stretch of a season. Him and Kingsbury, the combination yielded nothing, netted nothing. So it's time to move on. And that's exactly what this signifies. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, maybe somebody else or if there was more stability in the front office, maybe there would be a little bit more of a, a unity here with Kyler, get it done. I think they're pulling the plug on this whole thing. They're blowing the whole thing up. So, yeah, the more fascinating side of this storyline is the Arizona Cardinals have gone into complete tank mode, it appears. By the way, there's something I've not read about, but I was just thinking about this with Kyler Murray. Let's not forget this guy was a top 10 pick in the baseball draft. Oh, yeah. Top 10. So if you have a knee injury like this, uh, which would obviously limit the kind of skill set that made him such a great quarterback can't do the running and scrambling that you know, was part of his game. Why not just hang it up? I mean, you've already made hundreds of millions. I mean, how much money has this guy made already in the NFL? I mean, you're set financially, but if you want to continue your athletic career, how about taking a year off, getting healthy, and maybe 
getting back into baseball. I mean, we saw Michael Jordan try it, but Michael Jordan didn't have the baseball skill set that Kyler Murray had. Yeah. I don't because one thing about baseball, you got a long life in baseball, much longer than you do playing in the National Football League. He's still a young guy. I, I would imagine he hasn't forgotten how to play the game. You would be walking away from a substantial amount of money because remember, this guy just signed that contract. Well, how in much of it was guaranteed? How much did he get up front in that deal? Well, th- but that's the tricky thing about it. The signing bonus was something like $30 million. Right. However, if you walk away from a contract, you'll owe some of that signing bonus back based on the percentage. Um, based on percentages uh, and the amount of time you've already played. All right, well, clarify for me. All right, let's say he gets healthy and the Cardinals do to him what they did to D-Hop. They cut him. Just cut him. Well, he's he's guaranteed all the money that he's guaranteed. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if there are certain roster bonuses and guarantees that are- It's not a fully guaranteed contract. No, 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 no. But he has a signing bonus. He'll keep that. Obviously, he'll keep whatever money he's earned on the contract already, which is tens of millions of dollars. He won't walk away a poor man. But yeah, what you're saying- is a possibility. He's I in mean, twenties. I yeah. mean, come on. But he could. I, look, could he walk away from the game? Yeah, he could. Will he? Most likely not. The problem, though, and you pointed it out, was from the jump. There was a plan B. It felt like from the jump there wasn't an urgency that you see with other quarterbacks. Where this is it. This is their lifeblood. Think about Tua Tungvaluwa. There is no baseball. Right. You know, that's a guy who through two concussions continued playing. It it was a severe situation, potentially life-threatening, potentially. Uh, for Tua, he still wants to play. Think about this. The team that drafted him was Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. The An Oakland team that is expected to move to Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and remember this, the only reason he got a chance to play that year at Oklahoma is that he basically begged the A's. Look, I I, I put a couple of years as a backup, two different schools, remember, and I, I'd like to play one year of football. Remember, right. we, were, we were talking about this at the time, saying, well, this is sort of cool, maybe a little bit of a risk, because obviously he's playing quarterback and he could get hurt, but that's sort of cool of them to allow him to at least get in one year of college football as a starter. He ends up winning the Heisman and being the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. I'm yeah. not so sure. I look at to me, the NFL needs to step in and and do a full like what's going on here. I mean, this can't you can't be this blatant in tanking a season. Now, again, a year ago, I thought Seattle might be tanking when they made the trade with Russell Wilson to Denver. And I was completely wrong because they remember they were trying to sell us on Drew Locke. Oh, and yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, sure, Drew Locke. They're going to be the number one pick in the draft. They're going to get themselves uh, yeah, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Instead, Geno Smith shows up and has an insane year, and they made the playoffs. Well, he, they wrote him off. He didn't write back. You remember that line after the win <laughs> over the Broncos. I Look, he, the reality of the NFL is this happens to every team at yeah. some point. Yeah. You go through this trough of losing, and you scream bottom and then you soar because there's no other there's no other league professional sports league in this country that gives you the opportunity to draft a player or players and within a year or two all of a sudden completely change the fortunes of your franchise look at the Bengals perfect example look at um look at uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars how about the Colts when they drafted Andrew Luck after having the worst wreck in the league the year that Peyton Manning was out 
They bring in luck immediately back in the playoffs. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Andy Reid. I mean, but the they Kansas, were good. Well, no, the Kansas City Chiefs. They scraped bottom with a three-win or four-win season before Reid took over before as head coach, Reed, yes. and then they traded in for Alex Smith from yeah. San Francisco, and people are like, "Well." Pfft. Alex, uh, and also ran in San Francisco. They win 11 games the next season. So it can happen overnight. It can be either be the draft or it could be a coaching change, a culture fix. It could be a lot of different things. And you can have a season-to-season change that puts you in the postseason, puts you in the dance, puts you on the, the chessboard where before you weren't even on the playing field. So, look, the Cardinals may actually end up doing what's best for their franchise by divorcing themselves of a huge anchor contract, paying the dead cap, um, by surviving the year with Kyler Murray, trying to get the most out of him. And my guess would be, unless it's a phenomenal bounce back from this injury, probably trade Kyler if they can. All right, later on, we're going to run down the uh, teams most likely to put their hat in the ring as far as D-Hop is concerned. But on the other side, we're going to get into what potentially is the biggest comeback story in sports this year. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger. Here we are once again. It is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are live from the TireRack.com studios. All right, we have a very, very interesting development with a team in the National Football League. The Las Vegas Raiders, as of right now, do not have a viable quarterback. So remember, they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And right after he signed, he had to have foot surgery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, because of that foot surgery, the contract he signed with the Raiders eliminated his entire $11.25 million signing bonus. There are now reports that he may never play for the Raiders. Like, he he will never actually play for the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, which is a problem because without him, these are the quarterbacks they have on the roster. Chase Garbers, Aiden O'Connell, and yes, your former Patriots roommate, Brian Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it's Brian Hoyer's team right now. So right out of those names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hoyer's the guy. My dude. So in the midst of all this, you've been hearing the story that Tom Brady is seeking to get a slice of the Raiders ownership. Which, by the way, is quite a coup for Mark Davis to get, you know, Tom Brady to be part of your team. Mark is doing everything possible to hang on to the Raiders, which is very precarious to say the least, because the Davis family actually owns less than 50% of the Raiders. But if you can get Tom Brady in the fold, it might help, right? Yep. So any time that you have someone buying any share of an NFL team, it has to be approved by the other owners, because technically you would be an owner. Even if you're a minority owner, you're still an owner. Yeah, you're part of the ownership team, yeah. you, you got to be welcomed into the fraternity. Yeah. So now the report is, well, wait a second. What if Tom Brady decides to come out of retirement and play for the team that he actually owns? It's not that easy. 
In fact, the report is is that the owners may ask Tom Brady to give them written confirmation that he is no longer playing football before they greenlight any approval of his ownership, whatever percentage it might be, of the Raiders. So you know Tom Brady is his former teammate. I mean, you've you've had his hands in very private parts. Yeah. So you know that. Yeah, yeah. There's a Which, personal the way, level as a center. He moisturizes. He does. Very good. Um, but my question is this. Clips his fingernails. Do you believe, because again, Tom Brady has cleared himself of any commitment to his broadcast career, at least for this season. Yeah, he said the earliest it would be is 2024. So now that it's obvious that the Raiders have a opening for quarterback, and it just so happens his longtime offensive coordinator is the head coach. Could you see Tom Brady maybe postpone his commitment to ownership of the Raiders for an opportunity to resume his NFL career in the city of Las Vegas? It makes sense to me, but I want to hear from you. Can you see this as possibly happening where Tom Brady does return to the NFL in a Raiders uniform in 2023? Well, you know, we were just talking about exceptions, right? <clears throat> the reason why we we talk about exceptions is because they are exceptional. The reason why they stick out is because they are outliers. The Deshaun Watson contract. Nobody else is getting a fully guaranteed contract. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to try to get those horses back into the barn once they run out. The Browns did it. The rest of the league was pissed. The Browns are in some ways being punished for it because you look at the primetime scheduling, um, it's not it's 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 not taking into account how good the Browns could potentially be. The rest of the owners are thumbing their nose at them a little bit because they're like, screw you. You almost screwed us. Like, that's not what we do around here. This is a very exceptional case. If you have Tom Brady, if you have an opportunity to get the greatest player of all time back on a football field for kind of like one last dance, and not only is it going to be in a market that's very important for you to have success in because they just built that Allegiant Stadium out there and the Raiders, they've created some buzz, but overall it's, it hasn't been that positive. It, it hasn't been that great. Just making that coaching switch with Josh McDaniels after the Gruden failure and the Mayock failure, uh, this isn't going much better with Ziegler and McDaniels. So if you could somehow get Tom Brady back on the field for one last dance – Mind you, where's the Super Bowl being played in 2023 following the 20 or the 2024 following the 2023 season in Las Vegas? I don't know. How'd that work when the Super Bowl was in Tampa his first year? 2020 in Tampa. Tampa Bay gets Tom Brady, 2021 Super Bowl, February 7th. Yeah. The Bucks beat the Chiefs. And by the way, 31 9. Was it even close? That, uh, with, uh, uh, you know, getting Stafford and his first year. Yep. Super Bowl on their home field. So I'm just saying, it makes I the mean, stars are starting to align, Steve. As far as Tom Brady getting ownership in an NFL team, does it matter if it's this year or next year? His money's not going anywhere. He's got plenty yeah. of money, okay? So it makes all the sense in the world. Plus, he has his guy there as his coach. Yeah. And by the way, you also have the situation with Devontae Adams. Josh McDaniels came out this week, says, well, he's earned the right to voice his complaints. Now, he came there originally because we all assume he wanted to be reunited with his former Fresno State teammate, Derek Carr, who's no longer there. 
But if Tom Brady shows up, I'm I'm guessing Devontae Adams would be sort of cool with that. He might be he might be willing to stick around. Right? You know, I look. I, I mean, when you talk about reviving a guy's career, I don't know. When Randy Moss went to New England, what was the problem with the Raiders last year? What was the problem with the Raiders last year? I'll tell you what was the problem. They weren't clutch. They gave away too many leads. They weren't good in the second half. What is Tom Brady? Mm. If he's nothing else, he's clutch. He's good in the second half of games. He's worked with Josh McDaniels before. Brian Hoyer, who you mentioned to start this segment, has been his backup for the majority of his career. He's got players all over that football field that he's familiar with from his playing days in New England, plus a general manager who was on staff while he was in New England. To me, this makes perfect sense you want to do a swan song you want to do the official goodbye not some south beach miami instagram video for 40 seconds while you tearfully say goodbye to the sport that you reigned over for 21 years that's how we say goodbye to tom brady something he pre-recorded we don't know how long before that i ain't buying it yeah yeah, i'm not buying it either that's not the goodbye that he we deserve better tom well well well, wait hold on (laughs) let's 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 take a breath for a second in this respect (laughs) what exactly is he signing on with if he were to take over as the quarterback of the las vegas raiders well here's what i can i mean this is a division here's what i can promise pretty pretty tough division right now he will probably sign for an ultimately very low salary Mm -hmm. um and everybody rank him as the third best quarterback in that division Oh, Tom Brady? No, 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 no. He's ahead of Patrick no. Mahomes? Yeah, he's the he's the second best Better than Justin Herbert. Better than Justin Herbert. Wow. Better, and I'll tell you why. Because Tom Brady can still I'll make all the throws. I can see he's better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, 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 at least Russell Wilson that we saw in Denver last year. Look, Tom, Tom Brady can still make all the throws. I don't see any problem he with his threw more passes strength. and completed more passes than any other player in the league. No issues year. there. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has star stuff sprinkled on him. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. That you know, Over Aaron Rodgers, over Tom Brady, over Herbert, over Allen, mm. over all of them. Yeah. The, but, but Tom Brady has something that, look, Justin Herbert gave back a tremendous lead in the second half of that playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. If Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Chargers, does that happen last season? My answer is no, absolutely not. There's no chance. He needs to learn to win in the postseason. Tom Brady doesn't need to learn anything. He he what what the players around him, if he should become a minority owner of the Raiders and then somehow finagles his way onto the football field as a starting quarterback as the Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to go as far as their mental acuity takes them, their ability to catch up to the game speed that this guy has been performing at for a long time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to pull it off in a single season. They won the Super Bowl on their home turf that, that year. I could see it happening again in Las Vegas for the Raiders if Tom Brady finds a way back to the field. All right, well, if Brady has any concerns about the team he's joining, I could sweeten the pot a little bit. I'll tell you about that. Uh, but first, let's find out what's trending right now. Hey, uh, Monsi, remember that uh, eggplant parmesan yes. promise you? Yes. Look at me, look at me. <laughs> yeah. Why? It's coming. The eggplant will be delivered in, hang on, 30 minutes. I'm Is not that skin 30? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> freckle pass a hair <laughs> uh yeah the, it literally the pies are I probably know coming she even out. eats egg eggplant parmesan Do because you, we've talked about this for weeks she's a vegetarian yes. well, what about the cheese the whole that's not i'm not a vegan yeah vegetarian they can eat cheese they could even eat eggs 
No, I don't. You don't eat eggs? I try not to. Something something about it, knowing what it is, just does not sit well with me. What's wrong with an egg? You know, it's- It's squeezed out of a chicken's butt. Delicious. It's, yeah, sure. I know I'm weird. I'm super weird. I know. You know what? I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about chickens, but I do know this. Not only are their eggs delicious, but they too are delicious. Yeah, I I also just didn't really like eggs when I did eat meat. So Mm. it's like a weird thing for me, but I'm weird. Because, yeah, I have cheese and it's like, you know, that's coming from an animal. We know you're weird. I am. It's not something you ever need to, like, that goes without saying... Which is why Isaac doesn't follow you. Exactly, that could be. Because I know it. why he doesn't follow me. That, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's we all know. There, right, yeah, right, 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 right. He's right. had enough of you. Right. He's I, had enough of you. I gotta take advantage of the fact that I can pronounce this name at the Indy 500. So I'm gonna say it now. Marcus Erickson is at the top after all. <laughs> I thought you were gonna give me a little more willpower. No, no, I gotta take advantage because there's some names <laughs> over there. I'm not entirely I love sure. That name. So well, I actually met willpower. Oh, really? I said, is that real? I mean, willpower. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, but. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's, oh, Elio Castroneves. Elio Castroneves is a four-time champion trying to break the record. Boom. And he right now just took the lead after 135 laps. I have interviewed Castroneves many times in Long Beach over the years. Super guy. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He climbs the, uh, you know, when he wins. That's awesome. Yeah. I've only spoken to and interviewed Patricio Oward, who goes by Pato Oward now, but his name is Patricio. Yeah. He was a young guy, and he was also very, very nice. And he has been at the top of the leaderboard at certain points, but now it's Elio Castroneves. Okay, moving on. All rise. Because Aaron Judge has hit his 15th homer of the season. The Yankees have scored three runs in the third inning to take the lead against the Padres at home. 4-3, bottom of the third inning. Orioles are shutting out the Rangers 2-0, top of the fourth inning. White Sox have scored first against the Tigers. It's 1-0, bottom of the third. The Guardians scored in the first inning, and they're still beating the Cardinals 1-0, top of the fourth inning. The Brewers just got going, and they've already scored three runs in the bottom of the first inning. They're beating the Giants 3-0. And the Dodgers officially lost to the Rays in Tampa Bay. Final score 11 to 10. In soccer, Leicester City and Leeds United were relegated from the Premier League today after Everton ensured their own survival with a 1 0 victory over Burnmouth. Back to you guys. All right, Monsi, thank you very much. So by the time we talk to you next, there should be. Should. Should be. be. And that means I probably won't be able to do an update. So you could just watch me eat it. A small food coma. Um, big hero. Can't wait. By the way, uh, she mentioned the Indy 500. You know, I'm I'm looking at multiple sports sites. Okay. And there is literally no mention on any of these sites. I don't even know where. Where, where are you finding updates? Oh, Monty? my goodness. I just was talking to Shay, one of our editors, that I spent about 20 minutes trying to find a site that gave me updated results because right. ESPN is so behind and not even updated. I am on racecontrol.indycar.com. This is this is literally <laughs> one of the most famous races in the world. Like the Indianapolis 500 for many years obviously was one of the biggest sporting events yeah. in this country. Yeah. When I grew up, the way it was, you would listen to the Indy 500 Memorial Day weekend on the radio. They didn't have live TV coverage and then ABC would have a taped mm-hmm. coverage of what happened the race later on in the day. I mean, there's it makes zero no I know. coverage. One hundred percent. It's on NBC. Right. It there's, is on NBC, but that's it. You're right. I know. And now we're watching it finally. Oh, there it is. Thank you so much, John Ramos. But no, it was. I could not find a site that was giving me updated results. 
it was like, I don't want somebody's tweet 10 minutes ago telling me who won or who's in the lead. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of sports that obviously no longer, I mean, boxing, you know, Rich and I are huge boxing yeah. fans and they are hard pressed right now to come up with matchups that anybody outside of hardcore boxing fans have any interested yeah, yeah it's it's a sport that's just struggling to to find a star you 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 need what the UFC has done on both the men's and women's side you need a Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. you need a Conor McGregor you need somebody who cuts through not just the sport to be a great champion but also the zeitgeist you need to have them make noise outside of just the sport they play in and that's what that's what the UFC was able to capitalize on in a pugilistic sport. Racing hasn't had a cut-through star like that since maybe Danica Patrick. Yeah. She was huge for NASCAR. She yeah. was actually big for IndyCar before she moved to NASCAR. She didn't win anything, but it didn't matter. She had star power. But this is unbelievable that on a day that – and at a time when the Indy 500 is actually happening – uh, there is no coverage, nothing. It's like it's not even happening. So I don't know. I mean, I, I understand times change and interests change, but uh, wow, for once a very proud of it. I've always said this about I've never actually been to the race, yeah. but I have been to the Indy Speedway. Oh, so have I. And their museum, you know, sports museums are what they are, right? Halls of Fame and everything else. Theirs is one of the best I've ever been in. Somehow, the first Indy 500 race was like 1909, something like that, or 1911. And they had the foresight because they took film of it. They even yeah. kept the car. Yeah. Like the first winning car. They I don't know why they would keep it. but So it's a really great museum. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Sort of the history of auto racing and over the last hundred years. But the race itself is just completely gone i was never i i didn't get to go to the uh, museum but we so when i was with the patriots in 2011 that regular season we go to the super bowl and it was in indianapolis against the new york giants and one of the events that they threw for us was at the motor speedway the brickyard you got to go out there and kiss the bricks it was kind of cool like we took pictures and then they had the the new chevrolet um camaro set up on the track and they would take you around the track and you know it's left-hand turns you're sitting in the passenger seat they wouldn't let us drive the cars trust me i asked yeah the most the impactful moment of the whole visit there it wasn't the food it wasn't the event it wasn't even being on the track when you are going around a banked turn on a motor speedway like oh yeah because they're going at such high speeds that these need to be pitched at damn near a 45 degree angle I, w- I almost tumbled into the driver's lap from the passenger seat. I oh, yeah. I didn't buckle my seatbelt. I completely forgot because Daytona, I was talking to the guy. The, the banking at Daytona, yeah. when I went to that speedway, is like a wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's steep. It's, I mean, you like, can't climb it. You, you would yeah. not be able to walk up. So we go, we hit this turn at probably 110, and I'm literally holding on to the you-know-what bar, like pulling myself back into my seat. I nearly sat on the gear shift. I was like, dude, you didn't warn me. He was like, buckle your seat. Belt. Yeah, exactly. Well, you didn't have your seatbelt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> better decisions have been made. Wow. Yeah. That That's that's risky. Uh, so anyway, Indy 500 is going on. We'll have a winner eventually uh, of that race. All right. So I, I we were talking about Tom Brady and the – I don't know, makes sense return to a Raiders team that doesn't have a quarterback right now with Jimmy Garoppolo having that foot surgery. Um, But 
What kind of team is he joining? Well, uh, Devontae Adams has uh, voiced uh, some uh, discontent about the situation in Las Vegas. But let me ask you this. Let's say in a divi- uh, in that division, and in addition to a Devontae Adams, you add D-Hop. So we, we've been talking about some of these yeah. teams that are, are throwing their hat in the ring with DeAndre Hopkins. And by the way, they're all big teams in the AFC. So you've heard about the Bills. You've heard about the Chiefs. Uh, you've heard about the Ravens, who suddenly say they're going to throw the ball all over the place. That's what Lamar Jackson says with their new offensive coordinator. Uh, and the Jets. Well, what about the Raiders? I mean, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, who at age 30 is not the receiver he was, but I don't know, with Tom Brady throwing the ball, I, I'm guessing he's going to be better than yeah. he was last year with Kyler Murray and whoever else they had throwing the ball to him in Arizona. And you have Devontae Adams. Well, Gee, if I'm Tom Brady, that sounds pretty good to me. Let's just take a look at cap space. You know, when you think about which teams have enough room to sign a D Hop, who's making twenty million this year? Yeah, and and don't get but me wrong, you can rework a deal. I was gonna say if it's worth if the 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 juice is worth the squeeze, you you sign and you restructure so that you can put off some of that cap hit and you take some money up front. And who knows? I mean, maybe that's part of the uh, advanced mathematics here. You know, maybe if uh, Tom Brady becomes an owner, uh, he takes an extremely low salary like he has his entire career, considering he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, football player in the league. You uh, you have an opportunity to sign whoever you want. And and but, and the, the Tom Brady effect is real because how many players over the course of his career, have been willing to take a discount to play with him. Well, let me ask you this. When he left New England, would you say their wide receiver core was of the level of Devontae Adams and D-Hop? No. <laughs> I mean, no. I would he literally ar- had... I would argue it was something less than that. Way less, right? They still went to the postseason that year, by the way. I mean, outside of Gronk final, and Randy Moss. The final play he had as a Patriot was against the Titans in Foxborough, where he threw the pick six. On his final pass. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, look, he's going to – again, we're jumping to so many conclusions. I love that. But if Tom Brady – What makes sense? Ends up becoming the Raiders' starting quarterback this upcoming year, mm-hmm. and you have an opportunity, if whether real or perceived, just an opportunity to sign a talent like DeAndre Hopkins, who, when healthy or available and not suspended due to PEDs, is inarguably one of the greatest receivers in the NFL. With a Devontae Adams. With a Devontae Adams, by the way, which who's... Who had who's, a huge year. And by the way, you also had the league's leading rusher. Exactly, with Josh, with Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, who's on a franchise tag. Right. Who, by the way, is going to be thrilled to play on a franchise tag with Tom Brady. The pieces fall into place pretty easily. And then when you think about Las Vegas hosting this upcoming Super Bowl, it almost feels like, geez, what do they say in the NBA... Man, the NBA writers, they're busy again. The NFL writers, they got busier. All right. I'm going to throw a little damper on this story, though. Yeah. Tom Brady with the Raiders. There is one major hurdle. One major hurdle that you may not have thought about. I'll tell you about it. This is Fox Sports Sunday. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harbin. Rich Armberger, Fox Sports Sunday, live from the Tyrac.com studios. All right, so we've been playing a little fantasy land here today, talking about the how it makes sense. Tom Brady, who is publicly seeking a part ownership of the Raiders, should maybe postpone that for a year to actually be the quarterback of the team. Now that it appears that Jimmy Garoppolo, after having foot surgery, may not even be available to the Raiders this year. Okay, so we've laid out a lot of different scenarios, all of which may, by the way, make sense to me, uh, and I would imagine for you as well, Rich, but uh, there's one major problem. Go ahead. The tuck game. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Tom Brady did that little thing with Charles Woodson, you know, when you know Woodson made the hit on Brady that resulted in the fumble that the Raiders recovered. And, and Tom Brady even conceded because that was his very first playoff game. They were at home. If they lose that game, if they lose that game instead of going on to win that first Super Bowl – Drew Bledsoe would have been the starting quarterback of the Patriots the following season. Tom yep. Brady said that. Yep. If it wasn't for that play going the Patriots' way and then Vinatieri making that incredible field goal in the snow, he goes, they would have brought Bledsoe back. He was the starting quarterback. I was a backup fill-in. But if he wants to even be a part owner of the Raiders, he's going to have to come clean You have no idea. I know Raider Nation. Whether it's the Immaculate Reception or the Tuck play, they are the most infamous plays in Raider lore. They will not welcome Tom Brady unless he publicly admits it was a fumble. (laughs) No, stop I fumbled the ball. By the way, Josh McDaniels is even saying that. They're going to be so thrilled. To have Tom Brady back. No, no. Oh, yeah. We'll welcome you back if you finally come clean. Here's the biggest problem. That indeed it was a fumble. To 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 say to say honestly, um, I, what I do look at as the biggest roadblock here is that offensive line. If they're not dead last, they're among the top three to the bottom. Um, yeah, they but are, he knows how to get rid of the ball. Yeah, I get it, but still, one of the one of the problems with the season last year for the Buccaneers <clears throat> was the fact that Tom Brady didn't have time. 
that he was in self-preservation mode on a lot of those plays where the rush was getting to him. He would throw the ball away. He would take a sack. And and then also there were a lot of drops downfield. There were a lot of potential home run shots that he threw up to Mike Evans or some of these other receivers that were just flat out dropped. It led to a lot of poor performances by the the Buccaneers. But this is a completely different animal. You're going against some really astoundingly good pass rushers in the AFC West. I mean, it is clogged up there. You're going to be harassed all season long. And then throw on top of it, inarguably one of the worst offensive lines leaving last season heading into this season that would be priority numero uno if I were Tom Brady and I was even considering after getting approval to be a minority owner to return to the field for the Raiders is what do we do about this offensive line I want to hear the words it was a fumble I want to hear the words as a Raider you want to be one of us (laughs) you better come clean that the Raiders were robbed that day. That your career should never even have happened. It would have been like Franco <laughs> Harris joining the Raiders during his career. Like, no, not unless you admit that that was an illegal play. I know the Raider mentality. You have no idea. <laughs> they're bitter. Instead of celebrating the good times with the Raiders, they're still bitter about the two. Would Al roll moments. over in his grave if all of a sudden Tom Brady was a Raiders quarterback and he still hadn't admitted that it was actually a fumble? I mean, is it what, to me? You know, Al personally. You worked for him. You were in that office. You were called in. Hey, Herman, get over here. You know, it, you know. Somebody, uh, you talk about a story about Al Davis and a, and a prime opponent. So Chuck Knoll was the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, yeah, during yeah. the '70s when they won their four Super Bowls. Chuck Knoll and Al Davis were both assistant coaches original assistant coaches with the Chargers under head coach Sid Gilman. So they knew each other very, very well. The Steelers had taken Terry Bradshaw with the number one overall pick in 1970, and his career wasn't going very well. Right. And Al Davis, because he loved the big arm that Terry Bradshaw had, told Chuck Noll when they were going to go with like uh, Joe Gillum as their quarterback, he calls him like, and this is the owner of the Raiders with, you know, with the Steelers saying, what are you doing? You've got your quarterback. Stay with Bradshaw. Yeah. And then Bradshaw kept beating him, and he goes, I mean, it worked against him. He was ready to give up. He couldn't take it anymore with this Terry Bradshaw. Dumbest quarterback he ever coached. He's like, he sucks. He's terrible. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? With that arm, I'd kill to have a quarterback that well, had that arm. Look, I mean, if there's one thing that you got to respect about Al Davis and the Raiders is he when when he put his foot down on something like drafting a kicker in the first round, whatever yes. it may be, they went for it. That's kind of the that's kind of the place they're in right now. I mean, if you have an opportunity. Because we know there's not going to be very many opportunities outside this season to convince Tom Brady of anything. Come back and play football. He's going to be off to his retirement life, whether it's in the media, which it appears it's going to be, or producing movies, which he's already done. Whatever ventures next for him, it's that spirit of, hey, we just got to do whatever it takes to be good right now. And this is what it is. Tom Brady, if he ends up coming back and playing for the Raiders, I don't care about their offensive line. I don't care about the issues they have defensively. That team becomes a potential Super Bowl winner this upcoming season because they have literally the greatest player who's ever played the game gracing their presence on the field with them every Sunday. You want to put on the silver and black? It was a fumble. We'll find out. You want to put on the silver and black? It was a fumble. All right, we got much more NFL news coming up. This 
It's Fox Sports Sunday. Yes, indeed. Now a well-nourished show. Thanks to one Rich Ornberger. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help get you there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So we should all thank Rich, including you, Monsi. I see that you finally, he's finally delivered, sort of. He on delivered his the eggplant. eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> Eggplant promised, eggplant delivered. Yeah, and I'm not upset. I'm actually even happier that it came on top of a pizza, because that's a win, win, win. Yeah, Yeah. I know you love pizza. I do love pizza. And now you love eggplant. And I've always loved eggplant. Basically a ninja turtle. I love pizza so much. So much. It's like, I mean, I'm so much happier now that it's here. Right. And yeah, look, is it an eggplant parmesan? No. Did I order an eggplant parmesan from the restaurant that we ordered from? Yes. <laughs> I did was going to say, I thought it, I so was looking I, yeah. for a sandwich. Yeah. Did they put it on a pizza instead? Oh, yes. Also, yes. Um, so but, when, you, when you went outside, you're like, where's the egg bar? I saw three pizzas. I was like, oh, that's weird. They must put their hero sandwiches in, in a pizza, pizza box. <laughs> and then I opened it. I'm like, no. As it turns out, they just made an eggplant pizza. So, anyways, at long last. Yes. By the way, John Ramos also taking part of that eggplant pizza. How is that? Have you ever had eggplant pizza? I have. By the way, I I asked Steve, I go, Steve, because Rich had walked away. Yes. So I I said, Steve, what's this? He goes, I think it's sausage. And I went, it looked like sausage to me. No, I wasn't expecting the eggplant pizza. I was looking for the sandwich. I thought it was sausage. Well, I said, well, those are big, big pizzas. Tell you what, I I will say that's the only way eggplant could really, really let me down is if I think it's sausage. Right. Right. That that, that sounds like the worst (gasps) thing ever. But I do like an eggplant parmesan. I actually make a pretty mean eggplant parmesan. But my brain doesn't work, so every time I come to L.A. to do this show, I'm like, damn it, I didn't bring the eggplant. Yeah. Anyways, we figured it out. Mm. Monty, uh, sorry it took so long. No, it's all right. It was worth your, it. Your Clippers, my goodness, what a fight they put up. What a fight. Uh, and <laughs> that's the fight. reason why I owed you yes. the eggplant. And it's only for the reason uh, to celebrate, knowing that the Clippers have already announced they want to extend the deals of, course of they both do. Kawhi Leonard yeah, and course. Paul George. Oh. Why not? They delivered so much yeah. over the last four they years. Played they played 16 in a row. So much. So much basketball so much. since they've been Clippers. <laughs> so they've much. just been on the court through it all. Uh, all I of mean, it. how many games together? Just so many, I lost track. At least a handful. <laughs> Twenty-six laps to go on the Indy Five Hundred. This is a big deal, guys. Yeah, award is leading right now. Lock it in. It's always weird to look at the leaders because you know some guys have pitted and some guys haven't pitted, so you don't really know who's leading till the end. All right, uh, we've been talking uh, plenty of NFL today, uh, and it really all revolved around DeAndre Hopkins. Somehow we got off on the Tom Brady tangent, but I want to get back to D Hop for a second here because again, it's a it's an interesting situation that someone of his caliber is out there and immediately we're not hearing usually when you got an aging veteran he's just looking to hook on with anybody that would be willing to sign him uh but we're, we're hearing the elite of the afc are lined up so i'm going to give you i'm going to leave the raiders out of this okay but i'm going to i'm going to give you four teams that are very much in the mix and i'm going to ask you this question which one of these teams would he have the greatest impact on Right. Okay, so he's joining the team, and he would have the most impact for which one of these four teams? Okay. 
the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, or the Jets? Which one of those four teams would he have the biggest impact on? At first blush, I would say... I would say the Jets, because just think about where the Jets were last year compared to where they would be this year with Alan Lazard and DeAndre Hopkins and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, all of a sudden, you have uh, at least... At and least, don't forget they have the Offensive Rookie of the Year from last year. Oh, yeah. Wilson, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Wilson, yeah, gosh, Wilson, an emerging star, could could be your one. I mean, but DeAndre Hopkins, Alan Lazard, no slouches. Obviously, Lazard, long playing history with Rodgers. I mean, it's the Jets. He would make the most profound impact on the Jets because all of a sudden it gives you another veteran in the room who knows how to win, who has had some of the best years we've seen from a receiver over the course of his career, certainly. Um, Can he get back to a 1,500-yard-per-year guy? No, probably not. But my comp, I was talking about this yesterday on Fox Sports Radio, the morning show, uh, Fox Sports Saturday. I was saying, I was saying, the comp- the comparison for me is Christian McCaffrey. Like injuries, I know he didn't have a positive PED test, but injuries had hampered his production for years. He was supposed to be the guy in Carolina, the same way D Hop was supposed to be the guy in Arizona. It just didn't work out, and as a result, we know the potential there. But he needs somebody to take some of the load off of his shoulders. You know, he can't carry the yoke alone. Who else is going to bear the weight, the brunt of the offensive output? And in New York, he would have help, obviously, out of the backfield with Brees Hall, Wilson, and Lazard. And you have you have a quarterback who's going to find you. I To me, him going to New York or really to any team that has a combination of offensive stars reminds me a lot of Christian McCaffrey going to the San Francisco 49ers. But yeah, without a question, New York Jets would profoundly be impacted by him coming over to them and signing as a free agent. Well, assuming his head is right and his body's right, he would have an impact on all those teams. But I, I yesterday, Bucky Brooks and I were talking about this with Lamar Jackson, with all this, you know, new offensive coordinator and Lamar Jackson, you know, talking about, you know, he wants to throw for six thousand yards but the one thing that we most likely will see from the Ravens is far more passing than we've seen over the last several years of Lamar Jackson uh maybe for self-preservation if nothing else plus they've invested a lot of money in him and so I asked Bucky I said when when we look at Lamar Jackson uh throwing the football where 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 does he do best I mean, where 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 does he excel in the passing game? He goes, where he excels best is in the middle of the field. Of course. That's where he excels the most. When he has to throw out, sometimes throwing deep, this is where you're not going to get the level of consistency. But when he's throwing in patterns, when he's throwing into the middle of the field. Crossing routes, in patterns. very, very accurate. Angle so, routes, slants. Which to me is perfect with a De- DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Because D Hop at age thirty maybe not have that you know downfield speed that he once had, but he knows how to navigate the middle of the field. Of course, that's where veteran receivers really excel is finding those open areas in the middle of the field. And if your quarterback delivers the ball in the right spot, you know a fifteen yard pass can go for a forty yard gain. So that's why I would say if I were the Baltimore Ravens, now obviously they got Odell Beckham, they have some talent now. They brought in others, but again. If you're going to commit to the passing game to a much larger extent, yeah. 
I'm going to kick the tires here on D-Hop to see if he could add something. Well, this was the wish list, right? Lamar Jackson said Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins, per sources, are the receivers he spotlighted as um, both free agents and trades that he wanted the Baltimore Ravens to make to firm up the commitment. Now, they've given him the contract. They've given him Odell Beckham Jr. in free agency. Can you imagine if they do the clean sweep? They get the deal done. They get both the receivers. And then they get a refreshed, rejuvenated uh, Lamar Jackson who wants to win for the city. He's not going anywhere. You know, there's no more of this speculation over where does he go after this season, franchise tag or not, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. This is going to be a completely um, um, un, un, what would you say? Like, he's just going to be unencumbered mentally Mm -hmm. for the first time in over a year because he's not talking to the reporters every week about the contract updates. He's not negotiating his own contract like he was forced to do without an agent. You know, so this is a great opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens to get really good really fast. Now, they already have, in my opinion, uh, adding OBJ is a big deal. It's a coup. I think it's going to work out for them. I think he's probably has some, some football still left in him, and Mark Andrews takes a lot of the attention away. It could work. But you bring in D-Hop, that's a big deal, my man. That is that is a guy when healthy is a game-changing talent. I another thing that I put out there is look, DeAndre Hopkins, people are like, well, where does he fit best? He fits everywhere. Exactly. He's fine. Well, put think him in about any this. offensive system. I mean, a year ago we were speculating about how the Chiefs would fare without Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And the idea was is that Kelsey would, you know, be doubled up constantly. I mean, you take Tyreek Hill out of the mix, wow, they're a much more defensible team where we can just focus on, you know, eliminating Kelsey. Well, guess who did not get eliminated last year? Travis Kelsey. Uh, and I'm I'm one of those that had my doubts. Uh, no longer doubts. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. The Chiefs are the best team in the league. But... You're Andy Reid and like, wait a second, you mean we could add D-Hop? That would suddenly change the dynamic for teams going against us. They got to account for D-Hop, which only makes things easier for Travis Kelsey. I don't know. When it's all said and done, I will not be surprised if the rich just get a little bit richer. Well, I mean... Because if it's up to D-Hop, which team would you want to join? It's, it's, it's uh, again, one of those those things where if you're... An aging veteran, what's most important to you? Is it money anymore? No. It's your legacy. It's winning. It's championships. He wants to win. He wants to join a winner. So when people are saying, hey, you know, the Colts have a lot of cap space, I go, yeah, but he wants to go and start over with Anthony Richardson? No. It's not happening. I mean, unless they're willing to offer him somehow a king's ransom to go play there in Indianapolis, it's not happening. He's going to go join a proven winner, someone who's still on the upward trajectory climb. The only reason why he would consider New York with the Jets is because of Aaron Rodgers. The only reason why he would consider Kansas City or San Francisco or Buffalo or Baltimore is because of their quarterbacks, because they can find him. He needs a quarterback who can find him. He needs to be a part of the the plus side of the offensive production, and he wants a team that can win right now because he's got one – 
maybe two good years being on the wrong side of 30 before the wheels start falling off like a lot of receivers. All right, we have more NFL news to get to a little bit later on in the show. We're going to get back to the NBA where, of course, last night was unbelievable. I mean, still one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in my life. In real time, it looked like it was after the buzzer. Hello, Heat. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Slow down. Oh, my. Derek White tipped it in. We got a game seven. But what about the team waiting right now and waiting and waiting? Do you realize that the Nuggets are going to have a 10-day layoff to get ready for game one of the NBA Finals? Yikes. How do they handle that? We'll tell you. This is Fox Sports Sunday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Rich Orenberger, this is Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Hey, uh, let's let's bring back a voice from the past. Hall of Famer Scottie Pippen had something to say about his former teammate, Michael Jordan. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. All right, so this is no surprise after the Michael Jordan uh, special that we all witnessed during the shutdown in which Michael Jordan ripped Scottie Pippen at every single turn, dismissing him as a uh, passenger on a luxury liner. So the fact that Pippen's getting back at Jordan should come as no surprise. Um, Look, as far as the GOAT argument is concerned, uh, Rich, uh, you know where I stand. I know where you stand. I've said it time and again. If, if there's only one way for me to gauge GOAT, and that's your resume, there's a lot of speculation. Like Michael Jordan retired 
abruptly in the middle of his career, at the height of his career, and miss a year and a half, and then comes back and is every bit as good as he was before he left. Um, but no one has LeBron's resume. He's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA. He's in the top of the list as far as assists is concerned. He's led 10 teams to the NBA Finals. He's been Finals MVP for three different franchises. And if the MVP voting was legit, he would have won more than the four that he already has. Whether you like him personally or don't like him personally, although I know Schweischer, anyone would dislike LeBron James. I mean, the fact that he is he making his political views clear. You know, by the way, he paid homage to Jim Brown, right. who was a very outspoken superstar athlete. Michael Jordan chose not to get involved. That's his choice. Right. Same thing as Tyre Woods. I'm not blaming them. They made a choice. But when you compare resumes, there is no good. Well, I don't know about six for six in the NBA Finals. Let me remind you, the Bulls are favored in all six of those NBA Finals. In the 10 NBA Finals that LeBron participated, his team was favored to win three, and he won four. So, um, but I mean, that's those are pretty strong words coming out of the mouth of uh, Scottie Pippen. Well, look, I mean, to the victor go the spoils, champions write history, et cetera, et cetera. We know how this works. I mean, Jordan has had control of this 90s Bulls narrative for the most part because, in part, a lot of the journalists at the time were in Jordan's pocket because they wanted to be close to him, so they didn't want to wrong him, which I completely understand because guess what? That's how those journalists fed their families, writing about Jordan. So those who had the closest access – um, they got uh, the more favorable uh, stories from, from Michael or got the quote from Michael or got the time with Michael. And so Michael, being the greatest player in the league at the time, obviously a savior in some sorts of a struggling NBA, uh, created something that very few players could have ever created. Oh, by the way, launched a brand that is inarguably one of the most or the most sports uh, popular sports brand in the world. Air Jordan. So there's so much culturally and athletically and from a NBA standpoint that he's been responsible for. Um, but then on top of it, he has complete control of the narrative, the documentary that was released during the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Scottie Pippen has been painted as this third wheel, uh, this, um, this also ran guy who was an integral part of those champions those championships for the Bulls. He was an unbelievable player. Scottie Pippen is a Hall of Famer for good reason because he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Jordan wins that many titles without Scottie. All right, here, here's, here's my argument about ranking athletes in team sports. Now, when you talk about uh, an athlete in a team sport and you're talking about individual accolades – you know, Jordan led the league in scoring. That's an individual thing. Or he's an MVP or this. Yeah. But when you say Michael Jordan won six championships, you, you're missing a word there. He was a member of six teams that won championships. Exactly. He's a member of six teams that won a championship. The Hall of Fame is an individual award. I remember... Joe Montana. I was actually at Joe Montana's Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Howie Long was inducted that year. And he he put it best, I thought, when he said, I really have a hard time putting this in perspective because I play in a team sport. I was part of a team that won four Super Bowls. For me to be individually acknowledged without the teammates that 
I would not have won four Super Bowls without seems out of place that you're given an individual honor in a team sport. This is not golf. This is not tennis. These team sports are about team. And I think that's what Scottie Pippen is stressing. Look, would the Bulls have won six championships of Michael Jordan? Probably not. But they never won a championship without Scottie Pippen either. Right. Well, so, and that's that's my point is like Scotty was an important part of this process. And so for all of what Scotty said, the, the part that I do believe is that he needed a great team around him to achieve greatness from a team standpoint. Now, individually, though, was Jordan great? Yeah. Was he a bad basketball player before Scotty got there? That's a harsh word. Bad. No. How was he bad? He was a great player. No, yeah, he was a great player. And I, unfortunately, this is where... And I like Scotty, but he loses some credibility with the argument because it sounds like an axe to grind. Oh, it doesn't uh, totally. It can, just, can we hear that sound by one more time, John Ramos? I think he called him terrible. Yeah. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball, and there's no comparison to him, none. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game, and one player can't do it. Like. I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. All right. Well, I mean, again, that's horrible. over the top. Horrible um, is a strong word horrible, to use. terrible. In the same sentence yeah. as Michael Jordan. Look, I, again, I believe in a lot of what he said there because it is a team sport, but but that's it's just a mix, mischaracterization and it is a uh, revision of history that just doesn't really resonate at all. Um, again, do I like him as a as an athlete or as a former athlete? Scottie Pippen to me was one of the greatest number twos in basketball history, if not the best. I mean, name a guy who waited so patiently. Under the warm wing of uh, of 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 a great like Jordan, for his opportunity to shine, he finally got it, and you know, I, it felt like he kind of needed a Jordan. He needed to be Robin to a Batman, which no shade. It, he's a champion too. He was a part of those teams also. You know, the same way, you know, the Bulls needed a Steve Kerr. They needed a Luke Longley. They needed a Tony Kukoc. They needed a Horace Grant. They needed role players too to get those championships. You don't get it done on your own as a team. But individually, was Michael Jordan ever horrible in the NBA? Absolutely 100% not. It's a false statement. It makes no sense to even humor it. Well, if you weren't really part of what happened with Jordan in the 90s, you have to go back to the 80s with Bird and Magic. Yeah. It was still Lakers-Celtics. It was still Lakers-Celtics. Obviously, the spotlight was on the two best players on the court. Of course, they were surrounded by other guys that are all in the Hall of Fame. But it was still Lakers-Celtics in yeah. those days. Oh, yeah. And that changed. It was no longer the Bulls. It was Michael Jordan. And it changed the whole dynamic. It's something that you know Kobe Bryant grew up watching, and that's why Kobe had a very similar attitude. 
You know, I used to sit there and remind Kobe, again, you win. I've won five championships. No, you were part of five teams that won championships. You won an MVP. You led the league in scoring. You did this. You did this. did this. But you did not win five championships. Five teams you were part of. And, yes, you were the best player on those teams or one of the best players won championships. Championships are not an individual honor in team sports. No, they're not. They're not. I and and as much as we love to say LeBron has won four titles and he's lost six finals. Right right right. But but I'm saying I'm you know sp- yeah. focusing on the the titles he won. Right. It's like yes, that is true. LeBron won those titles with the Cleveland Cavaliers who had all-stars on that roster, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love with the Miami Heat who had all-stars on that roster. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade with the Los Angeles Lakers during a pandemic in the wide world of Disney down there in Orlando in the bubble, but with Anthony Davis, who is an all-star. You need to have a surrounding cast in order to win. It doesn't matter if you're the second best player of all time, the greatest player of all time, or somewhere further down the list, you need to have a team around you to get the job done. So from that standpoint, I completely agree with what Scottie Pippen's saying. Basically, every single other word uttered, you have to throw away, and it just sounds like sour grapes. Well, and going all the way back to Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain was a better player than Bill Russell. There's no question he was a better player. Even Bill Russell conceded that Wilt was a much better player. It's that Bill Russell was a team guy and had much better teams, and that's why they won championships and somehow it diminished the legacy of Will Chamberlain. It's ridiculous. Yep. Will Chamberlain was a much better player than Bill Russell. It wasn't even close. But Bill Russell won 11 rings, part of great teams, and he was a key component for them. All right, let's find out what is trending right now. Monsi Bolaños, are you feeling a little bit uh, better? A little uh, eggplant high? What's going on? so, so good. And and watching this Indy 500 makes me never want to drive again. So it's under caution. There was a nasty wreck. I saw that guy was completely upside down, but it wasn't even really his fault. He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And they had an in- yeah. Camera car. Correct. Or car camera. Yes. And he was just sort of relaxing. He, yeah. I was very impressed at how relaxed he looked. It was Felix Rosenquist. He was a driver. He hit the wall. And as he tried to gain control, he kind of hit him a little bit. And that's Kyle Kirkwood, who was upside down. His tire went flying into the stands. I don't know if it hit someone, oh. but it went flying into the stands. He ended up upside down in the car. They're still under caution, or officially got going. It officially got going. Yes, now they're back in it. Now, you are uh, an update anchor and have been doing this for a very long time, so I expect you to be an expert on all things IndyCar. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) You're lucky I got that out. When a tire tire bounces from the track into the stand, I yell for. Do the fans get to keep the tire like a foul ball? (laughs) That is a really good question. I think this went so far beyond the fans that yeah. I don't think anyone got it. That's how far it looked like it was flying. Wow. But I that would well, be a good. But, but then again, I mean, when Bonds hit one into the bay, you got to run out. Yeah, like I mean, if swim. you had a kayak right. or if you were a good swimmer, you, you got go to keep there. that baseball. Right. For so all... is it first to touch it? Yes, that's what I'm gonna say. Okay. I'm making up rules, but that's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Ryan Hunter Ray is in the lead. It's officially underway. Twelve lap, laps to go in the Indy 500. The Yankees they scored eight, no seven runs in the third inning. Aaron Judge, his 15th homer of the season, and they're still holding on to their lead over the Padres. Eight to five is 
the score in the Bronx, top of the seventh inning. The Rangers, who have won seven out of their last eight, have just tied the game against the Orioles, tied at two apiece, top of the eighth inning. For the Tigers, it's Akil Badu, who hit a grand slam, and they're currently beating the White Sox 4-1, to one, bottom of the sixth inning. The Cardinals had back-to-back-to-back solo home runs in the fifth inning, including one from Paul Goldschmidt, and they took the lead over the Guardians. It's 3-2, to two, bottom of the seventh inning. The Brewers scored seven runs in the first two innings, and they're still beating the Giants 7-1. to one. They're about to start the fifth inning. Nationals taking down the Royals 2-0, top of the sixth. The Reds and the Cubs are tied at three apiece, bottom of the fourth, and the Blue Jays are shutting out the Twins 2-0, bottom of the fifth inning. And yes, the Rays, they won another one. They beat the Dodgers 11-10. to The Dodgers went through six pitchers in this game. After the starter, Gavin Stone, gave up seven runs in the first two innings, the Rays had one home run, Isaac Paredes, while Le- uh, the Dodgers had five home runs, and it didn't matter. They still lost 11-10. to Unreal. But Trace Thompson broke Trace his Thompson. 0 for 39 streak, going 3 for 3 with a walk today. Yes, right. Trace Thompson, and he hit a home run. Longest hitless streak since what? Since in 114 years in Dodgers history. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Good not something you want to be known Although for. Although Chris but. Davis of the Orioles set the all-time record 0 for 54. You remember just a few oh, years ago, right. Chris yeah, Davis, was... the big slugger with the Baltimore Two Orioles. years ago? Yeah. No, it was like three years. Man, it was, it? It was not in the last five years. Mm-hmm. 0 for 54. That was wild. Wow. That yeah. is unbelievable. Uh, all-time record for a non-pitcher. Amansi, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. By the way, Hunter Ray is now 15th. He went from first to 15th. He went in for a uh, pit stop. While of course still, he did. Uh, we're down to uh, 12 laps to go right now. They still have a pace car on the fee- on the uh, track right now. So looking for mm. the uh, finish of this Indy 500. By the way, we are brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Staying with the... Um, LeBron situation here, and we'll get to this uh, whole extended layoff for the Nuggets as they get ready for the NBA Finals. But LeBron, you know, in the aftermath of getting swept out of the Western Conference Finals, made several comments. That look at one thing about LeBron James, he's a really smart guy, and he knows when he speaks, and he sort of speaks in code it can be twisted and turned a lot of different ways that's exactly what happened when he sort of was asked you know what about next year and he goes well I'm not sure about what kind of team we're going to have and then he then he says well I got to think about my future in the game and then you know he even sent one so far as to say yeah I might think about retirement all right there's a reason for this one of them is he won't retire not when you have a literally a hundred million dollars waiting for you over the next two years uh guaranteed by the way for sure, a guaranteed deal and then a player option. So he's not going to do that. But I guess he did send the message out and made it clear that the only thing that keeps this guy playing is the opportunity to win more championships. And I think what he was trying to say was this. Yes, we made improvements. Obviously, we improved this roster to take us from on the outside looking in to even get in the playoffs all the way to the Western Conference Finals. But we're still not good enough. So when he says, I want to make sure that, you know, that he basically indicated, I want to look at what we have on this roster before I have any commitment moving forward. So the big question is this. We know that Austin Reeves uh, emerged as a uh, viable piece in the puzzle for the Lakers. Yeah. But is somebody going to offer him a Jordan Poole contract out there? Because they can match the offer. But if somebody offers him $20 million a year, are they, they going to match that for Austin Reeves? 
How much money are you going to pay for Hachimura? And then there, of course, is the situation with Kyrie Irving, who would, by the way, have to accept tremendous pay cut in order to fit in with the Lakers, which I don't think is going to happen. So what do you make of what we're going to see next season from LeBron James? Well, first and foremost, what an unbelievably brilliant line to finish up that press conference. Um, what what stuns me is how well he's been able to keep the spotlight on him regardless of what's happening in his career because let's face it, this was an underwhelming Lakers year. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they barely saw the court together. They finally got on a good run after the trade deadline. A lot of those role players, like you mentioned, Achimura, Reeves stepped up, and Reeves especially has become an uh, an outstanding starting player in the NBA. I mean, that's kind of out of nowhere. But I digress to just talk. I mean, the question asked to LeBron wasn't even regarding his future in the NBA. He knew it was the last question. You want to talk about taking control of the narrative. We were just talking Pippen Jordan. LeBron never relinquishes control of the narrative. He was asked something about the season or about the nuggets. Like he waxed poetic a little bit about the the content of the question. Well, I mean, it was sort of the idea is this a stepping stone to something better next season? And he starts talking about himself and his right. future and uh, he's got a lot to think about in terms of his basketball career. It's like nobody asked you about your individual future. Nobody did. nobody did. But he wanted to take it there. He wanted to make sure, especially since the Nuggets have zero budge. I'm sorry, Jokic. You are wonderful and uh, the best player in the league at this point, especially this postseason. But the Denver Nuggets are a snooze fest. That team, I mean, it's big fundamentals. It's like get the big man, the the ball and the painter at the top of the key, and he's going to find the open man. Now, don't get me wrong. For the city of Denver, I'm sure they're on fire right now. This franchise has never had a finals run in their 47 years of existence. Excitement, excitement. But for the rest of us, are we really enthused about Jokic against Jimmy? I want to get to Denver, but I I want to keep it on LeBron for a second here because he did make one other comment. But that's what he did. He kept it about LeBron, which was brilliant. He understood the room. Nobody wants to talk Denver. Everybody wanted to talk Lakers. So he let everybody do it for three days following getting bounced from the Western Conference Finals. And we're going to continue to talk about it because one of the comments he made that I think a lot of people passed over that to me was the real eyebrow razor was when he said, yeah, I still still am one of the best 90 to 95% in the league. And I'm like, you've been better than 100% of the league for most of your career. 100% better than 100% of the players in the league. With all due respect to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, LeBron has never been anything other than the best player in the NBA at any point of his career, at least after maybe his first two or three years in the league. Yeah. So for him to come out and say, I'm still better than 90 to 95% of the league, is that okay by him? I mean, in other words, some people... Can I, you know, accept the fact that, all right, I'm getting older. I can't do what I used to do. You know, I'm, I'm sort of on the downside. I can live with that. Others can't. Yeah. If they can't be still the dominant player, when you've been that guy, and that's rarefied air, very few have ever been that guy. By the way, Will Chamberlain, he retired at the top of his game. Yeah. 
He, I mean, Will could have played enough. Believe me, Will could have played another ten years, easy. Well, and we've seen it in other sports. Barry Sanders walked away early from the NFL. He Andrew, did. Jim Brown. We just Andrew had Jim Luck, Brown. Jim Brown. I mean, there's Sandy my, Koufax, top of his career. It's just, it's one of those things where, if you are an aging star, mm-hmm. at some point you need to you need to become okay with the fact that somebody's going to come along better than you. They potentially could be on your team. Look, Anthony Davis, depending on the night, is a much better player than LeBron James at this point in their careers. It, it's it, but in order to relinquish that title as being the best or the greatest right now. Um, to, and trade it in for more championships if you could eat that humble pie, well, you're going to be regarded as that as even better than maybe you were down the stretch of your career. It's something that you know, and I know it. I, I'm I don't I don't feel right speaking ill of the dead, but that Kobe Bryant couldn't relinquish. No. I mean, he he dur- during the end of his career with the Lakers, he was holding on tight to something that no longer existed. Look he at the was, last game. That by the way, that sixty point game, his last game as a Laker, capped off a seventeen and sixty five season for that team. I mean, it was it was dreadful to watch. The Lakers were spiraling. Seventeen and sixty five his last year. And it's because part of the reason was he was taking so much of the salary. The other part of it was who really wanted to play with Kobe at that point? Who who wanted to help build around Kobe at that point? LeBron still has it. You know, and and it's it, I think part of it is the humility to understand what he can't do anymore, not what he can do. All right, the Denver Nuggets are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. To find out who they're going to play in the NBA Finals, they'll find out tomorrow, 10 days off from their last game to the start of the Finals on Thursday. What does that mean for the team? We'll tell you, this is Fox Sports Sunday. Steve Harbin, Rich Orberger, Fox Sports Sunday, live from the TireRack.com studios. Is the Indy 500 over, or is there, they're still zooming around the track here? I keep Every time I look up, somebody's hitting the wall. Yeah, there's another crash. Another crash. Yeah. By the way, it's not unprecedented for this race to end on yellow. In other words, everyone has to hold their position, and they just basically crawl across the finish line, and, and that's it. It's 200 laps. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a crash involving two cars. I don't know the names of the drivers it's yet. It's never good when one car's on top of another. Yeah. That's a bad sign. Boy, there was a this lot of This was actually contact. a second crash. Yeah. This is a different crash than I just oh, yeah. saw. No, yeah, there there was a Kirkwood crash. and then and No, he, no, no, this is another No, no, pack. I know that. He was sliding on his head. His wheel went into the Look stand. Look at this. Boom. And then there was a car that went into the wall. Another car spun out and went into the wall and then crashed into the original car spun out and went into the wall. Okay, Holy so cow. this race is a mess. The track is littered <laughs> with car parts. So the idea they're going to get any exciting, if there's six laps to go, uh, my guess they're just going to call it a day. I don't know how they're re- going to restart this thing. So we got that going on. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets are sitting and sitting and sitting. You know, potentially when we were looking back to last Tuesday, Rich, when the Heat could have closed out their series in four straight, I was thinking of like, you realize we could literally have nine days off from the NBA? No games. It's a hardcore first game NBA Finals June 1st, Thursday. Yep. 
I was thinking I was going to show up this weekend like, all right, we haven't seen NBA basketball for four days, and we're still not going to see it for another five. Does anybody remember the NBA? Well, this is the problem that Major League Baseball and the NBA both have in their postseason. They schedule these things, obviously, long in advance, and they want to build up some, I guess, drama or storylines or intrigue or whatever. But you have the possibility of short series in the conference finals or the league finals. All right, I want to get to this Nuggets situation. Yeah. So the famous story that Michael Thompson shared with me back in 1989, the Lakers were trying to three-peat. In fact, Mm -hmm. Pat Riley got the trademark on the three-peat line. And they swept not just the conference finals, they swept all three series they had been in. First round was three out of five, four out of seven, four out of seven. They were 11-0. and Yep. And they had a long layoff between the conference finals and the NBA finals. And as Michael told me, part of that team, Riley decided to make sure the team was sharp. He was going to restart training camp. Like oh it was like training yeah. camp all over again. And by the time they got to the finals against the Pistons, guess what? Magic got hurt. Byron got hurt. They were banged up and they ended up getting swept in the finals. So for Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, how do you handle a 10-day layoff where the team you're facing is only going to be off for a couple of days because they played uh, tomorrow. They'll be off a couple of days and play on Thursday. How do you keep your team sharp? Take advantage of the rest. What does he have to do? Well, the Denver Nuggets, they they weren't slouches after the All-Star break. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying it's as long of a break, but they were 12 and 11, so they had a winning record. I mean... I don't know exactly what their record looked like falling or following the break if they Well, they, they didn't have struggled. to play a lot because they knew they had the number 1 seed wrapped I'm up. I'm looking at it right now. Let's yeah. see. Um yeah, after the break, the Nuggets But I mean, they were never challenged for that one seed. They did rest guys down the stretch. They they won 5 out of the next 6 games following the break. Yeah. So I'm just saying, this is a team that appears to well, have the ability. Three days off with 10. I know, I know, it's I different, mean, but I mean, a it's a long time it's the off. Be- it's the best we have to go off All of. right, well, on the other side, I want to get into this because we talk about, you know, rest versus staying sharp, staying on top of your A game. We'll have much more on that, much more coverage of that big game seven. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Wow. Wild finish here coming up in the Indy 500. They can't get this thing restarted. Three laps to go. We still don't have a winner. Once again, this is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help get you there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. They keep showing... One of racing's all-time legends, that, of course, is A.J. Voigt. Uh, yes, he's still very much alive and well as a car owner. He's 87, I think 88 this year, so he's been around a long time, four-time winner in Indy. But, Reggie, we've been watching, trying to watch the end of this race. There is no end of the race because every time they have a restart, they have another accident. Yeah, it looks like they're getting going again, or are they replaying? No, that, that, yeah, was, that was the was, latest accident. That was the latest accident on the restart. I mean, yeah. as you saw the green flag out, and there was contact. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, they were trying to go three wide there, and they smacked into each other. This I, is unbelievable. I, this is always the most dangerous part of any kind of race is the start of these races. There was one Indy 500 
where 11 cars, a third of the field, 33 cars in the field, wiped out on the first turn of the start of the race. Oh, wow. Uh, where just, you know, <laughs> you're all side by side. And, and I can tell you this from my own racing experience in Long Beach and that celebrity race, the only time you're nervous is at the start of the race. Because you're all bunched together, oh, okay. and then you've got a game plan. Like you're, you're like, all right, I'm going to get a jump on this guy. What you're not thinking is everyone seems to have a game plan. Like I'm going to go to that spot to try to get a better move. You know, and it's <clears throat> wild. I mean, when you're think about being on a freeway, going 80 miles an hour, but actually racing for position. Like it, you feel like you're ready for that if you've been on LA freeways as I have forever, <laughs> but um but in an actual race situation, it is crazy. So, I don't know what they're going to do here at this point. I think they're going to have to finish this race under yellow. I don't know if they'll be able to even get a restart, but right now 3 laps to go. Uh, in this year's Indy 500. Um, we've had baseball going on today. Wild game between the Rays and the Dodgers. Rays prevail by a score of 11-10 to 10. Uh, in that game. We've been watching the Yankees and the Padres. Yankees are leading the Padres 9-6 right now. Uh, by the way, I haven't asked you, how, what's the Padres buzz right now in San Diego? Oh. And by the way, Fernando, obviously, a couple home runs at Yankee Stadium, tossed the bat the other day. Yeah, I think he's over 10 home runs on the season now. I mean, he's been a bright spot in otherwise a relatively poor to quite poor offensive season for the Padres. Look, they are awful with runners in scoring position. They just can't get hits. I, I, if I Last I checked at the end of last week, they were still in dead last uh, with runners in scoring position. So the offense has been underwhelming. And this is an offense that's spending a billion dollars. You know, you think about the price tags on Xander Bogarts, Machado, Fernando Tatis. We just mentioned they re-signed Cronenworth and then add Soto's salary to it. They're spending a huge chunk of change on these players and they're just not producing. They really kind of are up against it record-wise in the NL West. You know, the Dodgers doing what the Dodgers do seemingly every season. You're trailing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, they're they're drifting further and further away from the NL West being a reality. The the interesting thing, though, about this season, or most inter- interesting thing to my, to my mind, at least, is Fernando Tatis Jr. has become a villain everywhere else other than San Diego. Cheater! He gets those chants in Yankee Stadium. Yep. He gets those chants everywhere. And I, will I, for the rest of his career. You'll hear from the fans, the bleacher creatures out there, cheaters, steroids. You know, everybody is just heckling him. He appears to be, I I, I mean, blissfully ignorant uh, to, uh, or I shouldn't even say ignorant. He is actually leaning into it. There's a video of him kind of, playing like a symphony conductor in the outfield, like egging on the fans to keep it going. And then he hits home runs. So there's a little bit of a, like a, I I don't care, you know, it's rolling off his back. This is a franchise that spoke the bear a couple of times. They did it to the Dodgers after winning that first game at Petco with the crime meme of uh, Kershaw. Kershaw, Have they lost to the Dodgers? Have they beaten the Dodgers since? No. (laughs) No. And then they did that with the bat toss here against the Yankees. They come back and lose and they're losing again today. He had a towering bat toss. Oh yeah! After that home run he hit, yeah. Look, I, I again, there, therein lies the issue, right? When you are this young and this talented, and you make a mistake that will follow you the rest of your career. I mean, to the point where JP Morosi, who joins us every Sunday here, MLB Insider, Fox Sports Radio. We get an opportunity to talk to him about a wide range of topics because when you have a weekly visitor. 
you go places often you don't think you will. And one of the questions was, hey, you know, from a legacy standpoint, what does this do to Tatis? And he goes, look, I'm a Hall of Fame voter. Um, he will at least – from the standpoint I'm sitting at now, the way I've voted in the past, we'll never have my vote. Never. If you've been actually suspended for PED use, that's where he draws the line. He did vote for Bonds and Clemens because they were never suspended. But as far as an A-Rod or a Manny Ramirez or, yes, a Fernando Tatis Jr., even if he has 3,000 hits and 500 home runs, they will never, never vote, vote for him. For him. And, and I get it. I get it because look, if you um, if you vote for anything, whether it's political office, Hall of Fames, you know, whatever. I mean, HOA presidents. It doesn't matter what you're voting for. You have your criteria. You have what you're looking for in whatever the candidate uh, is presenting. And in the case of people who are going to be, you know, in charge of his legacy, or from the standpoint of fans. You you can make certain decisions and do certain things that are forgivable, but there is a line with many fans, and it's around performance-enhancing drugs. If you go down that path, you will never be forgiven. Now, I say that, and it's probably true for the most part, but if at some point Fernando Tatis Jr. ended up being a Bronx bomber and played for the Yankees in pinstripes one day toward the end of his career or got traded at some point during his time with the Padres – Maybe those feelings in New York change. But right now, those fans forever and many of the visiting ballparks he go to will chant steroids or cheater from the stands for the rest of his career. It's just how it goes. All right. This is uh, something on a left field that I just want to bring up for a second here. So I'm watching the Yankees. The Yankees, it's very complicated with their numbers. Every single, single digit number in Yankees history is retired. Oh, yeah. One through nine. They've yeah. all been retired. So there's, you know, the last one was Jeter, who wore number two. That was the last single digit that was available. And then, of course, Jeter had his number retired. So there will never be another Yankee to ever wear a single digit number. That's a fascinating little piece of trivia I would have never really dawned on me at all. So what gets to me, though, I'm watching the Yankees, and they had pitchers in their bullpen. One was wearing 97. One was wearing 84. (laughs) I saw a 95. Of course, Aaron Judge is 99. Uh, he'll have his number retired someday. Which, by the way, him. that giant of a man wears the 99 really well. He fits the 99. But as I sit here, and you know that I am a freakish numbers guy, which is what drew me to sports in the first place. Yes. But I'm not into uniform numbers. I, I have I have decided I want to rid all uniform numbers. I don't understand uniform numbers at all. Now, you had your uniform number retired in your high school. Yeah, that's right, actually, yeah. Yes. Still hangs in the gym. And no one's ever worn that number again. What was that number? 78. 78. That's yeah. a strong big, number. Big offensive tackle out yeah, of well, you're East Metal High School. Yeah, I played defense that's a, offense. That's yeah. a big number. I Why? <sighs> Just people why, clamoring why? for that number, by the way. Everybody wants to wear 78. I'm watching pictures. <laughs> the Cardinals have a picture number 92. Is that for real? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, 92? I mean, well, what are you going to do? Like, so here, here's also, you want to talk about having a criteria. I had zero criteria for choosing a number. In fact, most of the time, this is through college and through the NFL, the equipment manager just assigned me a number. I would leave it up to the guy who was in charge of washing the towels. I'd be like, whatever you want, buddy. He'd be like, well, we got these numbers. You don't want to choose one? I'd be like, what, whatever you think is best. And he'd be like, no, no, no. You got to, you know, some of them were like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, and so you had to make a choice. Well, of why whatever. don't you ask, ask guys that do care. Yeah. 
and give them their choice, and I'll take whatever's left over. Well, you know, I, but but there are plenty of guys who are already signed when you get there, whether you're drafted or you sign as a free agent. And well, how many teammates did you have that were absolutely demanding numbers? It happened. I would say probably a little less than a handful of times that yeah. a guy was drafted and really wanted a number that he wore in college or a uh, a player was signed in free agency who wore the same number his whole career. I don't know, like a Chad Ochocinco, for example. <laughs> okay, but I mean, we've had guys that have actually paid teammates. Oh, yeah. I've watched for it. For their number. I watched it. I don't and, get it. And by the way, those aren't small amounts of no. money. We're talking because about- Because it's marketed by NFL properties and everything else. And I won't name names, but we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars over the course of my for career. a number? In locker rooms across the NFL that I played in were exchanged for jersey numbers. It's a real thing. Certain guys are superstitious. Certain guys, to the point I just made about Ocho Cinco, literally build a brand around their number. Um, some guys just want to rename, remain synonymous with, with whatever number it is that they choose to wear their whole career. You know, would Brady look right in any number other than 12 at this point? No. I don't even know numbers. I don't know what it is about me. Yeah. Like, even famous players, like, what number? I mean, Wait, wait, uh, Brett Favre. What, what number do you wear? Number four. Oh, that's right. Number four. I totally Brett forgot. It's about so it. crazy. I you totally... know everything else. Okay, how about this? Who was the 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 third runner up in the Heisman race in nineteen seventy five? Oh, that's easy because in nineteen seventy five, could I do the top ten? Yeah, please do. Okay, so the winner that year was Archie Griffin. The years he went back to back in seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. Chuck Muncy of Cal. So you're saying the he won in seventy four, and he right. won in seventy five. Right. right, Griffin did. So in third place, yeah. Ricky Bell. So there's the name who led the the nation. By the way, yards. Ricky Bell. 1,875 yards does not include his bowl game. That's his regular season. This is yard. not prepared, by the way. No, it's not. I'm but, asking him but, off the but top but of uniform his Uniform numbers, I go blank. Who Who is fourth place in 75? Come on. You know this. I do? Yes. Me? After Ricky Bell, who does it go to? Come on. Think about this for a second. I'm not going to think about it. I don't know. I don't know. You know that Joe Washington of Oklahoma was fifth. I should. You know that John Shar of UCLA was seventh. Right. Of course. And you tell me you don't know fourth? It was Tony Dorsett at Pitt the year he was a junior. He won the Heisman the next year. Oh, is all that correct? Have yeah. you been a- yeah, That's all 100% correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. my okay. God. So, but you didn't know Brett Favre were number four. I, uh, seriously, when you said Brett Favre, I, you know what my first I was thinking? 11? <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't know what it is. I can remember all that, but no, no. That's crazy. All right. That was a little off. Uh, speaking of off, I want to get to this whole idea of an extended layoff. Yeah. Because we've seen it like in the NFL, right, where teams clinch a playoff position and then rest everybody for a week, then they have a bye week, and then they show up in the wild card round and they look awful. Yeah. If you're the if you're the Nuggets right now, I don't know. I might be turning up the screws on this team, especially since they still have four more days. Who won the Heisman in 1982? Come on, it was Herschel Walker that year. John Sweet. Elway was second. Eric Dickerson was third. <laughs> Anthony Carter was fourth. Dave Remington was fifth. Throw, look it up, Bo. 1982. There you go. Those are the top four, five. Actually, I can go beyond that. Todd Blackledge was sixth. Oh right. my gosh. Should ben I get Is this is this really alarming to people? Yeah. 
Yeah, you're sick. We, get, we, have, we have to break now. <laughs> All right, we will. Tom Ramsey, UCLA, was seventh that oh year. This is Fox Sports Sunday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Rich Arnberger. This is Fox Sports Sunday. We are live from the TireRack.com studios. Monsi, do we have a winner here of the Indy 500? Because I've been watching the coverage they have no Chirons. They have no names. They have nothing. I mean, I I, yeah. I literally cannot find anywhere yeah. to tell me who won the Indy 500. I, I can tell you. Joseph Newgarden has won the Indy 500. In fact, he was so excited. Immediately after he stopped driving, he ran out into the stands. He, like, left the racetrack. They had to go get him. And they're like, you have to go do your victory lap. Like, he went straight to the fans. I'm Joseph- burning with the invisible <laughs> fire. Help yeah. me, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Help me, Oprah Whip. Free. Yeah. So Joseph Newgarden, Indy 500 winner. Wow. Joseph Newgarden doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Joseph no. Newgarden. I'm looking him up. It's Joseph as in J-O. By the way, J-O. He gets to drink the milk now, right? You have to drink the milk. That is that is tradition. That is my favorite. Like if I wish that like cold milk, ice cold milk was served after like every football game I played in. I love milk. Oh, yeah. Especially after. So, Newgarden actually has been in this race every year since 2012. Yes. Um, so, he's been around, but he had never finished higher than fourth. Uh, but there it is. Joseph Newgarden is your 2023 Indy 500 champion. The uh, American flag checkered <laughs> wreath. He's going to be lifting that trophy. And like I said, jealous. Look at this icy. I know. Doesn't that look good? Because you know you've been in that car for 500 miles. Here he goes. And it is like, oh, man. Dude, how does that oh, taste? Oh, I'm drinking that. Dude. Oh, he dumped it. No, no, no. You're wasting the milk. I would have done I the dumped same. it on do side. that, but that it's That is a like, waste of good milk. Yeah. Steve, how old is that? Is that like one of the longest traditions it in sports? Is. I okay. mean, I don't know exactly when it started, but certainly as long as I've been watching it. But it, first of all, for some of us old people- I actually remember milk being delivered in bottles. By the way, who is the lady in the tiara who just gave him a huge smooch on That's the cheek? like Miss Indy 500. No, 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 no. no, no. That wasn't his earlier. wife. We, he's been you know, making out with his wife since he got out of the shell car. <laughs> yeah. 
the, 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 look, look, look at his cheek. Oh my! She, the got, the wife just, is not going to be happy with that. A big just, lipstick on his he just, cheek. He just traded paint with Miss Indy Five Hundred. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow! Who is this woman? Now she, now he's is that her. another woman? Wait a second. He was making out with a different yeah, woman. Yeah, he definitely was making out with now a different woman. Now wearing he's a getting tank top. kissed by another woman Newgarden who has a, a baby. Newgarden, breaking news Newgarden has <laughs> sister wives. What the hell this is guy going is a on? popular fellow. I'll tell you right now. I want to I wanna race IndyCar. <laughs> it, sounds, say, it seems like a really good time. Joseph Newgarden, man. 27th career win. All right, so there you go. Congrats to him. Just want to yeah. thank all of my sponsors, Chevy, Firestone, Puma. Of now, course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Shell, my lead sponsor on the car. So after being in the car for three and a half hours and it's hot on that track, if you get that ice cold bottle of milk, oh, dude. you could down that whole thing. I, I've never seen anyone guzzle the whole thing. I would have crushed it, and yeah. then I would have t- upturned the empty bottle over my head instead of wasting all that good milk. Yeah. Just want to thank my crew. Did a great job. Engine was revving, man. Suspension got a little squirrely on me after the restart, but I'll tell you right now, the tire change after lap 14. It was early, but we needed it. Yeah. So, Big Newgarden, win. there he is. Uh, he's a winner. Congrats to him. Congrats, Congrats to Newgarden. Newgarden. And all of his wives. Yeah. <laughs> he's, ladies are loving this guy right now what i'm loving him too he's that's a handsome fellow yeah so there you go prominent (laughs) nose yeah yeah he's uh, it's out there all right uh (laughs) we've been talking a little bit about uh what's going on in the nba obviously as we await a winner in this eastern conference finals matchup between the celtics and the heat game seven will be tomorrow at td garden td garden i would imagine you know when the uh heat were up three games to none and it looked like we were on a definite path to a Heat-Nuggets matchup in the NBA Finals. We're like, wow, that's that's your worst nightmare. You were looking at a potential Lakers-Celtics. And my, my argument is this. I understand when you build up a series, like if you have a Lakers-Celtic, you can go back in history and everything else. How relevant, seriously, is Bird and Magic in 2023, considering that was back in the 80s? Rich... You were born in 1986. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, how relevant? You didn't watch Bird and Magic growing up as a kid. No, but social media in many ways has been such a buoy for some of these old school stars because what you see on NBA Twitter and NBA Instagram a lot and NBA TikTok a lot is former pros talking about how dominant Larry Bird was, for example. Right? I understand. I mean, and like, yeah. like you'll have. But th- does that register with you? It does, honestly, because I'll sit there through a, a three-minute clip watching highlights of Larry Bird dominating, interspersed with stories about how he was this legendary trash. How about talker. you? You join the Patriots and say you could be the next John Hanna. I I knew who John Hanna was, Alabama guard, right? Yeah, but, he, but the Patriots, Un- one of the most dominant guards in the history of the NFL, unbelievable it player, would not have been registered with it, you. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered that much though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a guy like Larry Bird, yeah. a guy like Magic Johnson, right? They I live mean, forever. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, I mean, they're ageless. You know. And also, by the way, how about the 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 damn winning time docu- documentary? Or I should say, you know, it's not a documentary. <laughs> yeah, a biopic, I guess you would call it, miniseries, biopic mini miniseries that you've been a part of. I just uh, did more recording for season two. So there you go. Yeah. They're gonna have a season two. That show was great. It went into how those Celtics and those those Laker teams were built with the the late great Jerry Buss and um, what's uh what's the old well, it's Celtics really about owner. Magic sex life more than anything. 
Well, which is an interesting side story. Look, that was a legend in and of itself. It's look the, the by the way, this is what we call a hard R rating on that show. Yeah, there is no question about that. <laughs> All right, put okay. the kids to bed. All right, um, but the fact is, now that we have the potential of a Celtics Nuggets final, I I I'll put it this way: forget the buildup. A series is built on itself. I always bring up the 1991 World Series. You had two teams that had finished the last place the year before, the Twins and the Braves. Not big market teams. No fanfare leading in. And by the end, it was the highest-rated World Series of all time. Yeah. Because they were compelling games. The series built on itself. So even if it is the Heat Nuggets, doesn't matter. The series itself will build on it. But still, I'm worried about this Nuggets team. And... We've seen it in the NFL, Rich, where teams have made choices when they're locked into a playoff position where they rest everybody week 17 or whatever it might be, maybe even have a bye week after that. So we're well rested, and then they come out and they just lay an egg. like They look like they forgot how to play the game. So I understand the idea of getting a little rest, but when it comes to the playoffs where the intensity level is next level, Yep. Well, you really, to the idea that you're resting in the postseason, this is what bothers me, where people are like, well, you know, you need to have a little, it's the playoffs. There's no rest in playoff games. I will say this, though, and I am strongly opposed to this much time being allotted to any playoff team leading into a final. Um, because from the just the viewership standpoint, I think it's awful. I just think it's a bad decision. You lose so much buzz between this weekend and Thursday, and this went to a game seven. I mean, imagine if if the the Miami Heat swept the Clippers or the had, Celtics. We would have had nine days with no NBA basketball. Nine days, nearly two weeks of no basketball before the finals. I mean, it's just it, it makes zero sense to me. So putting that aside for a moment, though. From a gamesmanship standpoint, there are certain teams that could really, really benefit from a long layoff, especially when we're talking well, the about the Lakers a three years ago because of the whole shutdown. They really benefited yeah, the with pandemic Shaq and with AD. The whole league went on pause. Yeah, everybody was able to get healthy, yeah. and they were able to go out there and win the bubble championship. It was a sprint. It was a sprint. Yeah, all you had to do is just buckle in for Remember about they thirty played games. Eight games. That's oh, all that's they had. what it was. It was eight, eight games, games and then into the postseason. Into the postseason. Yeah, yeah. So it was a total of maybe what would that come out to? Twenty something games that yeah. they had to win in order to win a championship. Right. I look at it very similarly for the Nuggets. I mean, it's a long season. They were dominant during the regular season. They were able to put it into coast mode a little bit after the All Star break, and they've been dominant in the postseason. It's a great opportunity to get away from it for a, for a second, for a moment, to to you know put it into neutral, to maybe watch some of these Eastern Conference Finals and take notes on your future opponent, whether it's going to be the Celtics or the Heat, and you come back fresh. You know, it, there's something to be said about that. Don't you think the winner of that Heat Celtics game tomorrow is going to have an event? They're totally sharp. They're into their game right now. They'll have a couple of days off, then boom, ready to go. Yeah, but if there's any nagging injuries. Right. Think about how long 10 days is for the Nuggets. Mm. If there's anything that they... Well, that's fine. You have one or two players banged up, but what about everybody else that's on their A game, right? If this I mean, were... you got Murray, you got, obviously, Jokic. I if, mean... If this, if this were a situation where, you know, winner takes all game one, yeah, I'm with you. I, but you get... I mean, like, if the Nuggets lose game one, are we just assuming they're going to roll over and lose the series? No. 
you know, it's it's the other thing about the benefit of playing in a series is you could come the Nuggets could roll out there and look like they still have the the crust in the corner of their eyes from sleeping for the the past ten days or two weeks or whatever it's been this layoff for them, and they could still win the series handily, and it's because. You don't have to win right away in a series. When you're playing best of seven, you can give one away. And it's very possible they do out the gates. It doesn't mean that they're going to lose to the Celtics or to the Heat. No. It just means that maybe they they didn't have the momentum or inertia coming out of a later playing conference final like the Heat or the Celtics did. All right, let's find out what is trending right now. As uh, Monsi checked a few boxes today. You got the uh, the eggplant box checked. Yes. Uh, we finally finished this Indy 500. We checked that off. Yes. Uh, pretty much everything except being followed by Ilo on uh, No, yeah. Twitter. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. You know, block. And mute and all of that for for me to feel better about myself. I have never blocked or done anything like that ever. I wish I could say the same. And believe me, if you read some of the things that are on my Twitter. Oh, believe me, if you read some of the things I get. Actually, I get a lot of stuff (laughs) thanks to Monsi. Because Monsi does post and I get dragged into it. Well, there you go. You're welcome. You're welcome. She's not Uh, shy to rope us in. Yeah. You're welcome. Like, You're I'm going to have to check right I now. I don't know. I don't remember thanking you for that, Monty. As you should, though. As you should. Guys, I have your your uh, answers to the milk question. Oh, when did it start? Indi- yes. So it started with Louis Meyer. Louis Meyer, in yes. Three-time champion. Correct. So I guess the first time was in 1933. He sipped it from glass when he won. Like a glass. Like a glass of milk. Okay. He said that his mother was like, have some milk. It was buttermilk or something. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's not I mean, good. if I have a glass, it's easier to dunk uh, cookies, which is Yeah. <laughs> then after his third win in 1936, he drank it straight from the bottle. Mm-hmm. People were not fans. People actually, everyone, from what I read, people thought it was a little bit disgusting. Poor form, Louis Meyer. <laughs> Drinking from the bottle. It'll so, give somebody listeria for crying out loud. It didn't become like an actual full-blown tradition until 1956. Now, every driver is polled before the race on their preference. They can choose between whole, 2%, or skim milk. Alright, so that's a good winner? question. Which one would you choose, Rich? <laughs> um, wait, what, what skim, were the choices? Skim, 2%, 2% or whole. whole milk? Oh, whole. Uh, you, come on. <laughs> I mean, what were we even really? doing? That, how was that even a question? I'm surprised I can't, I can't pick oat when milk is the or last, something? Seriously, when's the last time you had whole milk? Oh, you... Years, right, right. Years, years. You no, know, like I was so decades. jealous. I was literally raised on non-fat milk. Yeah, so My, was I. Non-fat, like not even two per, like non-fat, right? I, yeah. And I remember going to a friend's house and they had just regular whole milk, and I put it on my cereal, and I'm like, this is the best tasting thing I've ever tasted <laughs> in my life. I guess the only time whole I've had whole cereal? milk. Have Holy you ever had powdered man. milk? Yes. Yeah. In like, Costa Rica, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there were times where that's what we had to resort to. So you better believe. Yeah. Ever since I started earning a little coin, you yeah. see? You go whole? Oh, I go whole. Yeah. yeah Full it, on vitamin D, 4% milk <laughs> fat, down the hatch. Sometimes I'll cut it with a little cream just so I could have a little bit extra. I don't mind. I don't mind. In Costa Rica, they sell this right um, like powdered milk with like sugar in it. No, that's and then not you, bad. Oh, that's it's, not bad at all. Yeah, and then they you put it over like um, shaved ice. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you put it over shaved ice. So you could add other things, but that's what you put it over shaved ice. How close is? Do you say you're Costa Rican? Yes, I'm Costa okay, Rican. How close is that to Puerto Rico? 
Nowhere near it. <laughs> it's like saying, Puerto Rico. So how, how close is Japan to Turkey? <laughs> Are they right next to each other? As you can tell, I studied world geography during my time in the NFL. Yes, yes. Uh, Costa Rica yeah. is in Central America. Go right. on. And it borders Nicaragua. Oh, that's in that is in Central America. Right. No, correct. Guatemala? No. Okay. And Panama. And Panama. Puerto Rico is somewhere in the Atlantic. I hear there's a canal in Panama. There is one. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Look at you. Very good. Yeah, Puerto Rico. I, I was just in Canada. Are they next to each other? <laughs> I knew. I knew. Guys. I was just testing Monsi to see if she yeah. really is from Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, good, good, good. It was a Unless good test. faking it. Oh, mm-hmm. right, right, right. That's what it is. The Yankees officially beat the Padres. Sorry, Rich. 10 to 7 was the final score. It's okay. My Dodgers lost to the Rays. 11 to 10 was the final on that one. The White Sox have taken the lead over the Tigers. It's 5-4 bottom of the ninth inning. They are playing in Detroit, and Detroit has a man on third base. How many outs? Still two outs to go, so the Tigers might be able to tie this one. The Giants have scored, but the Brewers are still on top. It's 7-5, top of the eighth inning. Twins are scoreless with the Blue Jays on top, 3-0 bottom of the eighth inning. Nationals and Royals tied at two apiece, top of the ninth with the Reds, ooh, taking the lead over the Cubs, 7-3, bottom of the sixth inning. The Mets and the Rockies are now tied at six apiece, top of the fifth inning. The Astros A's tied at one apiece, bottom of the second. The Diamondbacks beating the Red Sox 3-0, top of the second. And the Mariners have scored first against the Pirates. It's 1-0, bottom of the second. The other two games that have officially finished... The Rangers, who have been pretty hot, they lost to the Orioles 3-2, to and the Guardians beat the Cardinals 4-3. to And last thing I'll tell you, you know, you know Yankees pitcher Domingo Germán, who's been suspended? Oh, yeah. There's like a story on ESPN, and basically he said he's just going to use less rosin. Okay. That's it. Less rosin. Less rosin. See, they, this is another thing I've never understood about the rosin bag. Yeah. I mean, it's sticky. Right. Right. And it's legal. Right. Correct. Yes. So how do you know the difference? Yeah, I don't know either. You just got to make it so it's less sticky, dude. Yes. <laughs> Done deal. Yeah. By the First way, of all, you want there needs to be a little sticky. The last thing you want are slick baseballs that can get out of the pitcher's hand where it beans somebody and really hurts them. Yeah. There's a reason they rub up the baseballs. Right. The right. empires. Yes, but yes. They have this rosin bag that is totally legal, and it, yeah, it's sticky. It is. And apparently the more sweat, the stickier. Correct. Well, so, that... Well, that's a life lesson, kids. Yes, yes. Everybody Actually, knows that. I have one more thing for you Look that I pulled Lord. just for Rich because you were talking about Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Damian Lillard. This was him on his Instagram live. Joker might be the best player in the league, my boy. The best player don't always win MVP. I thought Embiid should have won MVP this year. But that boy Joker, boy, he might be the best player in the league. Watching him play and playing against him is like, Blood don't ever miss. No cap. No cap at all. No cap. I uh, said it earlier. Yeah, I agree with everything Dollar Dame just said there. Yeah. Well, again, hey, but the reason wait, that Embiid won, and the, this is no knock on Embiid. Yeah. Other, other jug, went, went, what year again was that? <laughs> 1933. It was after the, well, no, the, the third one. 1936. 1936. What were the 1930s like, Steve? The 30s were tremendous. <laughs> I'm telling you. But they were nothing like the 20s, man. They were roaring in the 20s. Um, I'll tell you right now, that chancellor came over with the milk jug and some dizzy dame kissed well, me right I mean, on the he cheek. He mentioned 1936, Larry Kelly, the great NFL. Uh, 
uh, Yale won the actual first official Heisman Trophy because Jay Burwanger, <laughs> the first winner, won what they called the Downtown Athletic Club Trophy, and then John Heisman, who was the president, died, and they renamed it the Heisman Memorial Trophy. Okay. What, did, what on earth? Uh, can I ask you about a guy named John Gruden? Okay, yeah. So did you see this where the Saints brought Gruden in to sort of show them some things? Derek Carr, obviously, who he coached for the Raiders. Uh, Dennis Allen, now the coach, uh, who used to be a Raider head coach, by the way. They brought John Gruden in sort of like as a consultant to sort of help him with a an offense that maybe Derek Carr is comfortable with, which makes a lot of sense. However, it is John Gruden, yeah. who essentially has been blackballed out of the National Football League. No announcing jobs, no coaching jobs. We don't know the exact amount of what his settlement was with the Raiders when they fired him. Um, should this guy get another opportunity somewhere associated with the league beyond just being a consultant, which apparently the Saints brought him in for for a couple of days? Um, hmm. From a football standpoint... <clears throat> speaking about like just the strategy of bringing in a guy with a wealth of knowledge and who's just a film rat like John Gruden. I mean, this guy studies more tape just out of habit and hobby than anybody else. I mean, he just loves it. Um, yeah, it makes sense. From an optic standpoint, from a public relations standpoint, this better be, you know, a limited time thing because I don't think it's going to play very well you know, with the fans of the Saints and potentially in your own locker room. You know, look, John Gruden, for what it's worth, whether you believe it was kind of a setup, I mean, he should not have been using that language, period. But those emails were released. Nobody else... Nobody else's hands got dirty as a result of those emails being released. And by the way, the last time I checked, he didn't work for the organization. Correct. <laughs> and so He was I, talking to Bruce Allen, who did work for about the About the Washington football team, or yeah. whatever they're going to call yeah. themselves. They may have to change yeah. their name from the Commanders again. But, you know, the whole point is, yeah, like, I mean, whatever you think about that incident, I mean, there are going to be players in the Saints locker room with strong feelings about what happened there. And so... I, I again, if you want to dabble, you want to find out some things, you want to pay him as a, you know, I don't know, a, a couple of days per diem to be your consultant. Sure, why not? I guess. I mean, but you just don't want to upset the apple cart. It's too early in this recreation. The Saints, by the way, are another team that low key can win that division and could be a problem coming out of the NFC in the postseason. If Derek Carr can put together anything resembling a good season, that is a great defense. They were a top five Well, defense. they need a healthy receiving core. I mean, I yeah. don't know if Michael Thomas has anything left. I mean, we've talked about him for the last five years, you know, whether or not he's going to come back. That's another team that, you know, D-Hop – yeah, I mean, when you—it's not often that you have. I mean, he's thirty. He's not thirty-five. He's thirty. Okay, he's not what he was when he was twenty-five, but he's thirty. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I think they're top-notch. <laughs> tell that Gruden to take a powder. Uh, who's going to win that game tomorrow night between the Celtics and the Heat? We're going to break it down for you. This is Fox Sports <laughs> Sunday. All eyes are on Zach Zorba at the scorer's table because he holds the information in his hand right now. It is over, and the Boston Celtics have boldly and impossibly gone where no NBA team has gone before. Down 3-0, they have forced a seventh and deciding game at the buzzer. 98.5 The Hub, Celtics Radio Network. 
Well, it's never happened before that a team has come home for a Game 7 down 3-0 in a playoff series in NBA history. By the way, that was the Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Once again, this is Fox Sports Sunday, and we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. Uh, I want to thank the crew today. First of all, John Ramos. Yeah, stepped in uh, big. All great, weekend. I was game, here yesterday. Uh, I mean, John, <laughs> Thanks, I mean, it's, are you are you sure? Are you sure Iowa Sam is coming back? Or has he taken a permanent residency <laughs> in Great Britain? Uh, or what's going on? My understanding is that he will be back. He is on. How long does it take to fly? Was it eight hours for it's, here to it's England? Endless. It yeah. is a long flight. I, I think it's. It's got to be six from New York, so okay. it's probably like a 12-hour flight. Okay, yeah. so I'm, he's supposed to be here Monday, so we'll see. Okay, yeah. but okay. if we'll, not, we'll John, appreciate seeing you, man. It's and, always and great to work way, with you, Steve. His, you know that. Uh, his daughter's graduating high school. When is the graduation? Congratulations, buddy. Thank you very much, Rich. This Thursday, and Lucas, my son, he will be promoted to middle school I on Tuesday. That. Promoted. So I, got two, I love that. You don't graduate. Well, that's, they don't call it graduation anymore. No, captain in yeah, LAPD. Gave him his badge and his gun. Only 13. Uh, well, congratulations to your Thank beautiful you. family, uh, John. And Monsi, I mean, she's so happy today. Yeah, she's I mean, actually also been promoted in middle school. Yeah, yeah she is. God, as a, I'm you the same height as them. <laughs> I can 100% sit when, when in Monsi, that class and you, nobody would notice. There is one. You probably spent most of your middle school years so in fear of being jammed in a locker. I can't even I mean when did you when did you even the half locker height so at what age? I went to private school most of my childhood up until mm. high school we didn't have lockers. Oh. And then in high school we had smaller lockers. Also I was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Right. I was gonna be stuffing you in a locker. Wow! No you way, hear that? No way, nerd! Yeah, don't don't be surprised. I would slap you know. your books out of your hands so fast. I put you in a top locker. So you have to jump down. It's like miles from. She would just uh, right run right through your legs, and you don't even know what hit you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, Monsi, great job as always. Likewise. And then there's Bo, who's also doing multiple duties right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He uh, he woke up realizing that he was supposed to take care of his parents. And their dogs. Is that right, Bo? Yeah, yeah. My parents uh, snuck out of town, and I totally forgot until uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> was fun. So he was, he, was, he was in a, yeah, were, he was in a yeah. full-out sprint just to get here yeah. on time uh, for the start of the show I, today. I would like to point out that Sam is f- currently flying back home from London. Finally. And he is supposed to be here tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Are okay. We, are we getting a flight the, tracker we, on him like when we there's take a high-priority free agent? Can we take bets on that actually happening? Yeah, it's not oh, happening. Yes. There's, no, there's no way. There is no way. I mean, he's supposed to be here working at 9 yes. in the morning? Not a chance. Zero I, chance. I will... Yeah, yeah I, because no. he's now he's been the over Celtics there long had enough. a better chance down three <laughs> zero than you guys have seeing Sam tomorrow. All right, night. hold on, no hold way. on. While we're sitting here right now, I'm going to look this up. Okay, what is the current London time? London time that would be uh, Greenwich time, right? Correct. <laughs> Official. All right, Greenwich. right now it is nine fifty three in the evening. Nine. It's eight hours later, so it's eight hours later. So if he, yeah, he's going to be. Is a it mess. daylight savings though? Yeah, I mean, I don't know time. What I do <laughs> know is this. Savings. What I do know is this: 
Don't put your money on Sam being here at nine. No. Perfect. Well, even if he's here, he won't be here. No, he'll be in London. He'll still, still be in London. Yeah. yeah. I mean, eight hour difference. Be at, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the circus? Uh, All the, right. I need Piccadilly some bold circus. predictions right now. Yeah. Uh, is anybody here picking the heat? Any of us? I am. All right. Mine's is fully the with the heat. All right. John Ramos, Heat, Celtics. I'd love to to see the Celtics lose, but that momentum is so much turned. I'm going to take the they Celtics. Judy Garner be rocking, Bo. What do you say? Zero uh, percent chance the Heat win that game. Zero percent <laughs> chance. All right, so that's two to one, Richie. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you guys. I think it's the Celtics all the way. I mean, how do you turn the tide if you're the Heat? Okay. They won by one, barely. barely. I am telling you, I feel a complete Celtics meltdown. Tomorrow. Really? Like, it's going to be like, wow, are you kidding me? Yep. At home? Mm-hmm. I'll stuff mm-hmm. you in a locker, they too. They are going to get crucified <laughs> after what happens tomorrow get the night. Hell out of here. All right, don't go anywhere, folks. Much more coming up. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.